the Tank Night Owl Live, the show for PC users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. This week on the Tech Night Out Live, we'll hear from Peter Cohen of the Angry Mac Bastards radio show and the Loop at LoopInsight.com. You'll learn about preserving your digital photos and movies with Greg's Scoblati. And then we'll hear from Avram Pilch of Laptop Magazine. All this and more on the Tech Night Out Live. We have Peter Cohen of the Angry Mac Bastards radio show and, of course, the Loop at LoopInsight.com. And we're going to hit him with a few left fielders, like we always do, and then we'll get into the main meat of our discussion. So there's a story at Space.com this week that 78,000 people have applied to leave Earth forever and colonize the planet Mars in 2023. Would you go? No. No, I, I definitely would not go. But what do you think about the fact? Now, the way it's going to work is... The plan is that they will have the first crew of four in 2023. And then over time, every two years, more and more astronauts will arrive. So you're making a plan that 10 years from now, you'll still want to do this. You'll still want to abandon the Earth. Would you want to give up on the planet Earth? No, I wouldn't. No, I, I, you know, I, th- I think that, that we have a lot to do here and a lot more that we should focus on here. Uh, before we focus our efforts on colonizing another planet. I think it's great to explore other planets. I think that uh, we should, by all means, um, try to send uh, humans to explore Mars, but I, I don't really see the benefit of us colonizing outer space until we have a better handle on how we're treating this planet. Well, in that case, it's probably never going to happen then. Well, maybe Never That's entirely possible, but but you know, it, it, in the interim, you know, we're we're destroying the environment that 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 we have. A huge, huge amount of this planet has been left literally completely unexplored. I'm talking about you know the the the, the part of the planet that's covered by ocean. So I, I think that that we have generations of work ahead of us, not only in terms of, of uh, restoring, maintaining, and shepherding the, the planet that we, the one planet that we have that we know we can live on, but also understanding it better, understanding how it works better than we do now, because uh, clearly we don't have a very good handle on how this ecosystem works. So how can it possibly be anything but foolish for us uh, to go colonize another planet and think that we're going to do any better job there, considering that planet is hostile to life to begin with. Well, of course, we have a large number of people, particularly in America, who do not even believe in things like global warming. Well, a certain segment of the political structure of America certainly doesn't believe in global warming. But whatever, you know, global warming is a reality. And if you think otherwise, you're not paying attention. And thus we can begin another discussion. I know we're going to get letters about that, but I don't. Let's move to the meat of our discussion. Now, if I read the plans announced by Adobe this week, it means that once the prices are up to their normal level, an average user of Adobe's Creative Suite will be able to use the Creative Cloud so long as they continue to pay $600 a year or $50 a month for the rest of their natural lives. Now, let me frame that here. Give you an example about renting versus owning software. So say in 1992, you bought 
Microsoft Word 5.1, which is considered the best version of it, by the way, 1992. Now, even if you bought new Macs, because Apple released Macs, PowerPC Macs with an emulator, the classic environment, OS X, for about 14 years, you could run brand new Macs with Word 5.1, and it would work just fine. But now, with this plan from Adobe, if you don't pay every single month, you can't use your software when the activation server figures it out. True enough. So how's it grab you? Well, I've, I've been using Creative Cloud for, for a couple of months now, and I've got to say that I think it's a, it's a tremendous value. Um, and the reason I say that is because, yeah, it's $600 a year, but the, 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 the depth and breadth of the products that you get in Creative Cloud is equivalent to what you would have to spend on Adobe's Master Suite. And Adobe charges $2,600 for the Master Suite. I, I think that the value is there, especially if you're a creative professional who's making their living using Adobe products. I mean, many people find products like Photoshop and InDesign and Illustrator and After Effects and the other products that Adobe makes completely indispensable to their livelihood. You know, they're not everybody, but a, a lot of people do. And for them, I think that, that $50 a month um, to pay for this is very reasonable. For others, there are alternatives. For one thing, Adobe has said that it's going to continue selling uh, Creative Suite 6 and, you know, the individual apps that are available in Creative Suite 6. You can purchase them as ESDs or electronic software downloads from Adobe's website and uh, use them in perpetuity with no problems whatsoever. Um, Adobe's even said, listen, we will bug, uh, bug fix them, we will security patch them, and we will update them to, to, to make them compatible with the next versions of Microsoft Windows and uh, Apple's OS X. So Adobe is reassuring customers that people who own Creative Suite 6 today and people who own uh, the individual apps that make up Creative Suite 6 are not being swept under the rug by any stretch of the imagination. They are, they are going to continue to be supported. That software is going to be continue, continue to be available for them. For anybody else who doesn't want to pay that monthly fee, there are alternatives that you can look at. I'm not sure that everybody who's doing image editing needs the power of something like Photoshop. They might be able to get away with a third-party app like Pixelmator or a Acorn instead. Those are excellent image editing apps that are very popular, and those are made by independent software developers. So I see this as an opportunity for independent software developers uh, to, 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 to get an upswell of customers who are saying, you know what, I'm done with Adobe products for now. These other products suit my needs just fine. Now I'll give you another example of graphic software, we have Graphic Converter from Thorsten Lemke, one of our friends. And that, of course, converts a million files to a million other files, but also has picture editing tools that he keeps expanding in every single version, constantly upgrading. So he's another independent software developer who has a product that costs 30-some-odd dollars, and it's something that paid upgrades only happen every few years. So there you don't have to spend hundreds of dollars on the Adobe Creative Suite. And I think part of it is you've got to look at the feature set. Is Adobe giving you the features that you need for your business? And if you're not using them, consider alternatives. Consider InDesign, for example. What about Quark Express? Quark Express is still an app that you can buy. It's not available on subscription. And you can buy the latest edition, and it lasts as long as it lasts, as long as your operating system is compatible. That's yeah, another alternative. So does InDesign CS6. So, uh, you know, as far as that's concerned. Uh, the, the other point is this. If you want an individual Adobe app, 
And this is something that I think a lot of people have missed. First of all, if you're a Creative Suite 3 through 5 owner, you get a break for the first year on Creative Cloud. Instead of costing you $49.99, it's um, $39.99. And if you've got Creative Suite 6, which ironically, coincidentally, I guess, was released at the same time as Creative Cloud was first introduced, you get an even bigger break. It's $29.99. But if you only want to use one of the apps, like if you're only a Photoshop user or if you're only an InDesign user or if After Effects is all you care about, you can subscribe to one of those apps and pay only $19.99 and it's available half price uh, with certain qualifiers depending on what version of the product you own. So, And there's student and teacher pricing as well. So Adobe has really you know, created an entire spectrum of subscription prices for people who may only want one component but don't necessarily feel that like $50 a month that they're really going to get maximum value out of that. Now, $50 a month doesn't sound like very much. So I guess in the scheme of things, we could look at it that way. And if you're making your living from the business, that's okay too. I think the larger question is whether software should be moving more and more to a subscription-based model. Let's get into that. We have Peter Cohen of the Angry Mac Bastards radio show and the Loop at Loop Insight.com. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Hi, this is Gary Cooper with Midas Resources Gold and Silver. Don't be surprised when the global elite confiscates money from your bank account one day. They have already very clearly telling you that they're going to do it. With what just happened in Cyprus serving as a blueprint for future bank bailouts, if you are concerned about keeping your money, why not consider storing your wealth in gold and silver? Call me, Gary Cooper, at 1-800-686-2237, extension 130. Together, we'll discuss your options of buying gold and silver. Again, the global elite have plans for your money and it doesn't include you. So call me, Gary Cooper, at 1-800-686-2237, extension 130, and I will send you a booklet with 10 reasons why gold and silver could be right for you. Again, don't get caught with money in your account when the next bank bailout hits. Call me, Gary Cooper, at 1-800-686-2237, extension 130. Got a simple question for you. Can you sell? Yes? Okay. Can you sell the intangible? 
If yes, and you'd like to work 9 to 5, Monday through Friday, with no overtime, no weekends. If you're passionate about not closing sales, but about opening relationships. If you truly have a desire to serve global clients who need your advertising expertise. And you're local to the Twin Cities and Burnsville, are hardworking, self-driven, with experience in sales, marketing, or advertising, are personable and a whiz on the phone, GCN wants to talk with you right now. GCN, the Genesis Communications Network, is one of the largest independent talk radio networks in the world, and we're hiring right now. We offer benefits and an excellent commission structure. Experience preferred, but we'll train the right person. Is that you? Submit your resume today to advertise at GCNlive.com. Again, that's advertise at GCNlive.com. Come work with the Genesis Communications Network, an equal opportunity employer. Springtime is sale time at Herbal Healer Academy. Current customers know this is the time to save big and stock up at HerbalHealer.com. New customers, welcome to the web's best place to save on vitamins, minerals, and more. Right now, Herbal Healer's spring specials include our 500 parts per million colloidal silver, all sizes on sale, CoQ10 with Hawthorne, Colon Enhancer, Sea Cucumber, Super Fam and Super Male Plex, plus Glucosamine Chondroitin, our best-selling liquid CalMag Vitamin D, and our colloidal minerals, all on sale for spring at HerbalHealer.com. And Herbal Healer also offers certificate correspondence courses in natural medicine. Enjoy same-day shipping and free online newsletter. Log on to our nation's leader in supplying quality natural medicine and education. Since 1988, Herbal Healer Academy at HerbalHealer.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. So, should you pay for software upfront? Buy the license to use the app because remember, you're not buying the app, you're buying the license to use that app. Or should you simply pay on a subscription basis? Which means, of course, that when you stop paying, the app stops working after a given period of time. Now, Microsoft appears to be moving to some degree in that direction, too, with yeah. their Office 365. Yeah, Office 365, which also, you know, and if you subscribe to Office 365, you get a free license for um, uh, Office 2011 for the Mac. So, you know, there's there's even a benefit there for Mac users, although a lot of the Office 365 connectivity and advanced functionality isn't yet available for Mac users. So, yeah, we are seeing this trend now towards, you know, for, for companies that used to just sell us software on disks that we would install on our computer and use uh, to to offer their products as software as a service, or SaaS instead. Uh, That definitely seems to be uh, one trend that we're seeing in software development. But let's not lose the forest through the trees here. Adobe wouldn't be doing this if they didn't need to. You know, Z. Kane, the uh, CEO of of the Next Web, I think hit the nail on the head last year when he noted um, after Creative Cloud's rollout that Adobe's biggest competition isn't another software product, it's BitTorrent. You know, BitTorrent, of course, is the peer-to-peer file sharing service that many people use uh, to download pirated software. And let's make no bones about it. Photoshop is 
vastly, vastly pirated. A lot of people use it without having ever, ever paid for it. Many of them are casual pirates. Many of them may have done an installation off of a, uh, off of a CD that they borrowed, quote-unquote, from work one night. Or uh, may have uh, downloaded a crack copy, you know, with with a uh, a phony serial number, or acquired it in a variety of of other ways, surreptitious, you know, off the boards, whatever, uh, because it's something they wanted to use, it's something that they needed to use, but they couldn't justify paying a, a fair amount of money for it, and and it is a lot of money, you know, if you want a brand new copy of Photoshop. Uh, for Creative Suite 6, it's going to cost you $700. It's not cheap software, you know, but it is incredibly powerful software, and it is the de facto standard for professional image editing on Mac and PC. So the logic would be then, if you want to use Photoshop, you only need it for a short-term project a month or two. You subscribe for that period. Now, the contract from Adobe is for a year, but I think if you pay slightly more per month, you could buy it on a month-to-month basis. Yes, you pay by the month, but you agree to a year. The other thing in the Adobe contract, as I recall, is if you take a one-year contract to get the best price, if you don't continue paying, you're liable for 50% of the balance. Contracts are contracts. you got to read carefully before you sign on the line, which is dotted. Yeah. So you're looking at this way. In theory, then, if all the best versions are available by subscriptions, there's less piracy? Or less of a need for piracy? Yeah, well, there's less piracy because, you know, again, the software, and you're downloading the software on your computer. It's not like you're using it through a web browser or sure. that you have to log on to, to be able to, to use it. It's software that's installed on your computer. It's just that periodically the digital rights management technology that's built into that software once a month or so will ping Adobe servers to make sure that you're still a legitimate customer. Um, the, the advantage here for, for Adobe is not just you know, to circumvent piracy. It's also that, you know, we, we had kind of gotten into this, we had uh, not kind of, we had very much gotten into this routine of every 12, 18, 24 months expecting a monolithic update from Adobe with a new version of Photoshop, a new version of InDesign, a new version of Illustrator that would pack hundreds of features into it, uh, all the stuff that they had worked at on since the last major revision. And sure, maybe there are a couple of point upgrades in between now and then that would add a couple of features hither and, you know, for the most part, features were something that were pegged to major releases. Adobe is free from that now because Adobe can update and has already done this with Creative Cloud, has updated uh, applications uh, with brand new feature sets independent of having to do a major release. So Adobe's development cycle ha- is, is completely modified uh, by focusing purely on Creative Cloud. Now they can roll out features whenever they're ready, uh, whenever they're needed, and they can roll out entirely new apps. And they've done that with Creative Cloud too, you know, with things like Edge Reflow and so on. So um, there, there's a huge benefit here uh, for everybody who uh, subscribes to, cloud, to, to Creative Cloud and for Adobe itself, whether or not the $50 a month is worth it to you, that's a decision that you have to make on your own. And certainly I've seen a lot of pullback from vocal customers on the Internet saying, I am not going to pay this fee. But, you know, I think that, that uh, when, you, when you look at, at it from Adobe's standpoint, in the last year they've added more than half a million customers to Creative Cloud. You know, since they released it in April of last year, more than half a million customers have signed on. That means that Adobe seeing a revenue stream of somewhere in the vicinity of $25 million a month, you know, from Creative Cloud, that's nothing to sneeze at. The other thing to consider, too, when you offer 
upgrades, paid upgrades, it reaches a point where it's more and more difficult to say, okay, get CS7, get CS8, because it offers 27 new features. They're just spectacular. Now come up with another $1,200 for the upgrade. I'm just guessing on what it costs to upgrade a master suite. I assume it's usually like half the full retail price. Okay, that is more and more difficult. Obviously, Microsoft sees the same thing. What is there, for example, about Office 2013 that makes it any better for Windows users in the previous version? And the answer is not very much. But if you're used to just paying a monthly fee, that issue goes by the wayside. You're getting product and value every month, the latest and greatest versions. You don't have that kind of event marketing, but that could be a double-edged sword. If you can advertise a special event, here's a new version, lots of people will buy it. This way, you've got to depend on a steady stream of regular customers. Yeah, that's exactly right. You know, so, uh, you know, there's there's certainly going to be user churn, I think, with a subscription service like C- Creative Cloud. But it, the, the onus is entirely on Adobe to continue to provide the, the value that customers are looking for in order to make them pay it. So, I mean, you know, nobody's h- having a gun held to their head here. You know, if you get Creative Cloud and you don't like it, say goodbye to it and be done with it. Well, then at least you only lost $50 for that month or what you do to pay for the full-year contract. It's not like you spent $2,500 for a full suite of applications and the next day you lose your job and you're still stuck with the bill. That's correct. I could see it both ways. I guess we'll see how it works. But now that this precedent has been established by Adobe and Microsoft, do we see other publishers, smaller publishers, cashing in on the same routine? Obviously, the infrastructure is not going to be cheap. Yeah, and I mean that's the sixty thousand dollar question, right? Is is uh, is this going to be a big trend? I mean, outside of Adobe and Microsoft, though, um, for the average user, the average Mac user, anyway, who would be able to do software as a service? I mean, what are the monolithic apps that 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 Mac users depend on? The only other one I can think of would be Apple. Well, of course, I was saying Quark before. Obviously, they could sell you subscriptions for Quark Express. That would be their way of doing it. By the way, we have Peter Cohen of the Angry Mac Bastards radio show and the Loop at LoopInsight.com. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com Do you owe the IRS money that you can't pay? Are tax liens and levies ruining your life? 
Are you tired of being afraid just to go to the mailbox? If this describes you, then Dan Pilla can help. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla, and I've been solving tax problems for more than 30 years. In fact, I wrote the book that made it possible to negotiate settlements with the IRS, and I've helped thousands of people do exactly that. Call now at 800-346-6829 to learn how I can help you. You know your IRS debt will not go away by itself, but you don't have to live in fear anymore. New changes to IRS policies will help more people than ever before eliminate their debts once and for all. There's no need for you to suffer another day with IRS debt. Call 800-346-6829. I can help you eliminate wage and bank levies, release tax liens, and negotiate a settlement with the IRS that will put your tax nightmare behind you forever. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, TaxHelpOnline.com. That's TaxHelpOnline.com. So, a natural disaster strikes, and out goes your power. You risk losing stored food in electric freezers and refrigerators. Your options, lose all that expensive food and medication, fire up a noisy gasoline-powered generator, or switch now to a propane or natural gas-powered refrigerator from Ben's Discount Supply. Ben'sDiscountSupply.com has a complete line of propane-powered refrigerators, freezers in sizes ranging from a small camper cooler size up to a whopping 21-cubic-foot refrigerator freezer or a 22-cubic-foot deep freezer. In stock and ready to ship anywhere. Ben'sDiscountSupply.com also stocks a full line of solar-powered appliances to get you completely off the grid. Check out Ben'sDiscountSupply.com or call 800-771-7702. That's 800-771-7702. Or click Ben'sDiscountSupply.com for camping, home, or bug-out location. Bank on Ben'sDiscountSupply.com. Heart and Body Extract continues to receive positive testimonials from people who have experienced amazing results, like Reed. I just wanted to send you a quick but a very big thank you for Heart and Body Extract. I've been on the formula for nearly a month now, and the improvement in the circulation of my legs has been simply amazing. Reed was facing a tough choice. I was facing surgery due to the severity of a 100% blocked arteries in both my legs. In my decision, waiting for surgery to say no and try heart and body extract instead has been thankfully the right decision. And the result? I can now walk up steps without noticeable pain. Order heart and body extract at 866-295-5305. 866-295-5305. Or hbextract.com. Heart and body extract for a long and healthy life. Live with Gene Steinberg. It's the Tech Night Owl. Because you never know what's going to happen next. We have Peter Cohen of the Angry Mac Bastards Radio Show on the loop at loopinsight.com. I just raised before our break Quark is another company that could possibly do a subscription plan. I don't see Quark doing it. And the reason why I don't see Quark doing it is because Quark has invested a huge amount of time and effort into positioning itself as, you know, the kinder, gentler Quark. You know, people who have been in desktop publishing for a long time remember the battle days of the uh, uh, the 90s and the, and the early knots when, you know, Quark then under the leadership of its uh, CEO, Fred Ebrahimi, was a real tyrant. 
uh, in the marketplace. It treated its customers poorly. It treated its uh, development partners poorly. It treated its rivals poorly. It was it was a bully. It was it was it was an ugly company to deal with. But it had a stranglehold on the desktop publishing market. And Adobe came in and cleaned its clock with InDesign. It took Adobe a while. It took Adobe a concerted effort. You know, and Adobe was advantaged by the fact that Photoshop was the de facto standard for image editing. So, you know, it had its foot in the door there. But, you know, Quark has spent many years trying to recover from that. I don't think the Quark would do it uh, be, for, for that reason alone. I think the Quark is definitely trying to position itself as something different than it once was. And this would be a, a move in the wrong direction. But getting to the point that I was getting to before the break, uh, Gene, who did Apple just hire as vice president of technologies? A guy named Kevin Lynch, is it, right? That's right. Kevin he used Lynch. to be, he's the Flash guy from Adobe. Kevin Lynch isn't just the Flash guy at Adobe. Kevin Lynch is, the, is, is Adobe's chief technology officer, CTO. Right. So Creative Cloud came into being under his watch. This is why I'm very interested in Lynch's hiring no way to Apple, because I think that uh, maybe Apple thinks that, that uh, Creative Cloud is the right path for its own applications to take. Well, the thing is, right now, iCloud is very, very underutilized. I mean, they have, what, 250 or some odd million people using it, but they're not using it for anything more than maybe syncing their iPhone, iPad, and Mac content. Yeah, I mean, you know, 250 million users, I don't know how many of them are are actively using it versus, you know, just kind of passively uh, expecting it to work. Uh, but iCloud runs into problems all the time. My wife and I have run into syncing problems with our calendars and contact databases, and uh, I know that, that a lot of other customers have as well. There are frequent email outages. Apple doesn't stay on top of this like they should. Uh, you know, a- Apple has never really gotten cloud services. You know, I go back to Apple Link when it comes to Apple and its Internet services, and Apple has never really gotten it. It's always been two steps forward, one step back. And the, the latest thing that I've been hearing from developers is that Core Sync, uh, the technology in uh, OS X that enables Macs to synchronize content with iCloud, is seriously broken. And developers are very afraid to use it because it just doesn't work, which means that their apps that depend on it don't work right, which means that their customers complain that their stuff isn't working right. You know, so this is a real significant problem that Apple has to address. Well, that's one of the things that maybe we hope Apple will talk about during the Worldwide Developers Conference in June. Not just new updates to iOS and OS X, but fixing iCloud's core problems. Exactly right. So maybe this is part of it. Having this guy there, having Kevin Lynch there, he could work with the existing staff on making iCloud more professional-oriented, not just for consumers who expect something to work passively, but for people who really need to see this stuff happening. And maybe that will encourage Apple to consider cloud services for their pro apps, not just $299 for Final Cut Pro X, but maybe a whole suite of stuff that you'd pay $25 a month for. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, it's, it raises some interesting possibilities. But, I mean, the one thing that Adobe and Apple have in common is that they've got digital distribution nailed. You know, in terms of like being able to uh, sell somebody software that they download from a server and then authenticate it to make sure that it works right and manage all that stuff, that stuff they've got down cold. Creative Cloud works great from that perspective. 
you know, Apple's uh, App Store and Mac App Store works great from that perspective. So the core um, infrastructure for handling the distribution is there. It's just that foundation needs to expand dramatically with services. And, um, you know, I'm just a little irritated that, uh, you know, we're as far into iCloud, you know, that which began as iTools and then MobileMe and then iCloud uh, as we are, and we still haven't seen any significant improvements and we still haven't seen a sense cessation of, of real troubling usability issues that, by the way, Google users don't have. You know, I don't hear Google users complaining about this sort of stuff on their Android phones or on computers that are, you know, using Google apps. Well, that's one issue that Apple needs to get over. They have to solve that because in other ways, Android smartphones do have problems. It's not that I haven't spent a lot of FaceTime on such phones as the Samsung Galaxy S3 and the S4s coming in this week for testing. So I have a reasonable amount of experience, and those things are ragged on the edges, but in all aspects of dealing with the cloud-based service, like Google Play, I don't have a problem. Exactly. You know, even Amazon, I think, has a leg up here. You know, when I, uh, one of my um, pet peeves lately has been iTunes Match. Oh, you know, I, please. iTunes Match irritates me. I pay for iTunes Match, and uh, yeah, I use it, you know, if I have my iPhone with me and I go out. Um, you know, I, I, I will download, uh, uh, I, I don't want to do it over my cell, uh, line because I, I don't want to get dinged, you know, with overages or whatever. So I'll, I'll, I'll download, uh, two or three albums that I want to hear while I'm out, or maybe two or three podcasts, uh, while I'm out. And, and sometimes with iTunes match, I'll get incomplete albums or sometimes I won't get album art or whatever. And it irritates me. And then I compare that to, the way that, that, that Amazon's cloud drive system works, and I'm appalled at the difference. Because, like, you know, Amazon, I can just throw up Amazon Player from a web browser and play my entire uh, collection of music that I bought from Amazon, including a lot of the CDs that I've bought. They're available there digitally. I could download those if I wanted to. I have downloaded them and added, added them to my library. But I've got that instantaneous access if I've got a persistent online connection, which is fantastic. I can't do that with iTunes Match. iTunes Match has no web interface. Right. No, we understand the difficulties and we understand the problems. You know, so, I mean, just Apple drops the ball in, in places that seem obvious to me, and it's a never-ending source of irritation to me. You have to think, though, that... Apple is learning that there's a lot of stuff to be fixed, which is maybe why they've made certain changes in the company. Well, yeah, one hopes. You know, we've seen it kind of gentler Apple emerge since Tim Cook took over and after Steve Jobs passing. You know, I don't think that that's a secret to anyone. Uh, you know, we've seen them certainly, you know, kowtow more towards investors than they have in the past. We've seen them try to improve working conditions for laborers in China who are actually manufacturing their products. Um, and, and we've seen other efforts that tell us that, you know, Tim Cook is definitely a man of conscience and is, is trying to uh, improve uh, Apple's standing in the world outside of just being a very profitable company, but a very well-respected one as, as well. Well, that um, also so explains this stock buyback in which they're engaged right now that apparently has really attracted Wall Street and suddenly Wall Street seems to like Apple again. Stock price has gone up considerably, not because Apple has had any new products out, but because they've done things more friendly to investors. 
That's right. Yeah. And investors who are uh, running the stock up right now are doing so because they're actually hitting a hard deadline uh, for um, uh, the, 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 the cutoff for uh, uh, Apple's change in um, – in uh, uh, in dividend, you see, Apple announced on April 23rd that it was increasing its stock re- re- uh, repurchase uh, program, and that it was also raising its annual dividend by, I think, like 15 percent. So, um, if I understand right, and I, I'm not a financial expert, but I'll tell you it, what, before we get into that, we have to do the break. We have Peter Cohen of the Angry Mac Bastards radio show and The Loop at loopinside.com. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It just stopped responding. It took hours before it returned, but I had already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Check it out. iWeb.com. That's iWeb.com. Whether it's personal mail, whether it's business email, you want reliable, dependable delivery, freedom from spam, freedom from viruses. Well, Polaris Mail offers professional email hosting services for your personal or small business use. Each account uses 25 gigabytes of storage, an easy-to-use webmail interface, and full mobile sync. Sign up today for a 30-day free trial at PolarisMail.com, PolarisMail.com. If you love pineapple as much as I do, I've got some great news for you. You're going to love this offer from Freeze-Dry Guy. For the month of May, Freeze-Dry Guy is offering the finest quality freeze-dried pineapple, a case of six number 10 cans yielding 114 servings at a special introductory price. First quality freeze-dried pineapple grown and packed with nothing added. This healthy treat works wonders with salad. It's great for snacking, hiking, hunting, camping, and for adding to your food storage program. And please note that Freeze-Dry Guy's foods will store on your shelf for decades. Order now and get free shipping to your front door within the lower 48 states. This special introductory price is good until May 31st. For more information and a free complete product list, go to freezedryguy.com or phone 866-404-3663. freezedryguy.com, 866-404-3663. What's more amazing than a Swiss Army knife? A survival business card. It's 11 functions rolled into one pocket-sized tool, including a sharp knife, a saw, a bottle opener, and a can opener, too. It even has a wrench. It lays flat, fits right in your wallet. A survival multi-tool for your wallet, leather-like sheath included, designed to be practical and built to last yours free. That's right, free. Claim yours right now while supplies last at freesurvivaltool.com. Again, that's freesurvivaltool.com. Bills in front of Congress right now could take away your right to keep and bear arms. If Obama has his way, all guns will be either banned, restricted, or confiscated, possibly by executive order. 
The best way to keep your guns is to hide them. What Obama can't find, Obama can't take away. You can protect your guns from any threat. Download our special report, How to Hide Your Guns, at GoHideYourGuns.com. Learn how to hide your guns while keeping them readily available. Get the report now before they make us take it down. On the web at GoHideYourGuns.com. Digestive health is the key to wellness and elimination of toxins. That bears repeating. Digestive health is the key to wellness and elimination of toxins. And Pro-EM-1 Daily Probiotic Cleanse is the key to digestive health. Pro-EM-1 is a powerful liquid probiotic, strong enough to cleanse, gentle enough to use every day. Pro-EM-1 is dairy, wheat, and soy-free, contains all natural and certified organic ingredients, contains no preservatives or animal products, supports a healthy digestive and immune system, supports weight loss, improves absorption, of food nutrients, aids in controlling yeast infections, is never freeze-dried, and uses three groups of live, viable, beneficial microbes to cleanse and remove toxins. Order Pro-EM-1 Daily Probiotic Cleanse at Terraganics.com, spelled T-E-R-A-G-A-N-I-X.com, Terraganics.com, or call toll-free 866-369-3678. That's 866-369-3678. Pro-EM-1, the raw probiotic. know what's going to happen next well here's the tech night owl live with gene steinberg peter cohen of the loop at loopinsight.com and angry mac bastards radio show and we're talking about Apple's announcement during their conference call with investors about the stock buyback, the increase in dividends, and you were going to expand on that, Peter. Yes. Yeah, so um, since uh, April 23rd, Apple's stock price was around 390 on April 23rd. And uh, as of last night, it was trading well above 460. And, uh, you know, some people are scratching their head and saying, why? Why, why is Apple's stock running up? Uh, as I explained right before the break, um, Apple uh, is increasing its stock purchase plan, um, and it's raising its annual dividend. And the first dividend pay date under the new formula is mid-May. So in order to get that price, you've got to buy stock by May 9th, and that's what's running up the stock. It's got nothing to do with Apple's, you know, all of a sudden people like Apple again. It was, you know, this... Uh, this move uh, from Apple to, to change its stock re- re- repurchase program and increase its annual dividend. That's what's driving up stock. But also it comes with dealing with customers and coming up with new products. Apple supposedly is now going to try to be more user-friendly, not just assume the public will like everything they do, and that happens sometimes. But Steve Jobs had some failures too. Yeah, Power Mac G4 Cube, anyone? Oh, I remember. I told this story before. I remember... The rollout to OS X in March of 2001. Conference at Cupertino, the Apple headquarters. And one of the journalists asked Steve Jobs, are you going to discontinue the PowerMac G4 Cube? And he said, you don't know what you're talking about. That was only a few weeks before they discontinued the PowerMac G4 Cube. That was his baby. He let it go reluctantly. Tim Cook wouldn't do that. He'd say, it's not selling, get rid of it. In retrospect, the Power Mac G4 Cube was an imperfect beast, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a, a, a monstrosity. No, sure. It was overpriced, underpowered with a few ragged edges. Exactly. And some cracks in the lucite. 
Well, there is that. That's what I call about the ragged edges. Maybe the ragged the edges. <laughs> the cracked edges. The cracked edges, indeed. So I, my, my prediction is that um, you are going to see Apple stock level out for a bit and maybe even drop for a little bit uh, because investors are no longer going to have this incentive uh, to buy Apple stock um, and then get paid uh, right away. Well, I'll have to say this. We'll have to see exactly how this turns out. After that, how Apple stock will hold up now that it's come back. And then, of course, they'll find reasons to denigrate it. Let's move on with some other topics here. And that is, there's something came out this week. Microsoft is saying, despite all the problems with Windows 8, they sold 100 million copies, 100 million licenses. And the thing I point out is that most of Microsoft's business is to OEMs, PC makers. So they buy the licenses from Microsoft, put them into new PCs. But of that 100 million, millions may be unsold. Customers don't have them. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And in fact, our uh, mutual friend Jim Dalrymple over at The Loop uh, linked to uh, your words on this. Oh, he did? Yes, he did. He did. So um, uh, I I am in complete uh, agreement with you. You know, 100 million uh, uh, Windows 8 sales, license sales, does not 100 million new Windows 8 users make. There's a very big difference. There's a very big difference here. Well, and the thing you have to look at, too, before we explain why, and that is that we still see PC sales going down. They're going down. So Microsoft is saying, yeah, maybe the uptake in the sale of Windows 8 licenses is not much different from Windows 7, but PC sales are going down. That's the disconnect. Yeah, and the other thing is, you know, from what we're hearing, the next version of Microsoft Windows 8 is actually going to have some user interface changes that are going to roll it back a little bit to where it was with Windows 7, including uh, the return of uh, the start button. <laughs> you know, if, 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 if that's true, uh, that's a pretty big admission on Microsoft's part that, uh, that it failed pretty dramatically with Windows 8. And, you know, Windows 8, it seems so much to me like a solution in search of a problem. You know, when, when Apple introduced iOS back in, in, uh, in 2007, uh, iOS was built on the same underpinnings as OS X. iOS is still build, built on the same underpinnings as OS X. And Apple did that because it, it knew that it had robust foundational technology to use, and as time has gone on, Apple has taken interface elements from OS X and brought them to iOS and interface elements from iOS and brought them to OS X. And what this means is that all of those iOS product users, all of those iPod users, all of those iPhone users, all of those iPad users who started out with one of those products can pick up a Mac and start to use it almost immediately. You know, it's, it's not a huge intuitive leap for them to go from their touch-based device running iOS to a computer with a trackpad or a mouse running OS X. Microsoft did this in the complete opposite way. They've turned Windows 8 and Windows Phone 8 into a human centipede of sorts, you know, where they came out with this flashy touch-based interface that they that they wanted to use for Windows 8, for Windows Phone 8 that they they put on the surface um, and then they started to encourage PC OEMs to use uh, when it came to Windows 8 but you know what 
People don't want to use their desktop computers exactly the same way as they want to use their phones. And by the way, nobody owns those damn phones or those tablets. You know, Microsoft Windows Phone 8 has a paltry, minuscule market share compared to Android and compared to iOS. Surface sales are infinitesimal compared to the amount of Android tablets and uh, iPads that are being sold out there. So it, it's an interface that nobody is familiar with. So they get it on their computer and they look at it and they say, what the hell is this? So now, of course, with Windows Blue, which is the successor or the refresh, which is going into public beta, what, this June, uh-huh. there are reports that Microsoft will add back the start menu, which people under Windows have been using for, what, 20 years? Yep. But Microsoft said, nah, forget about it. And the ability to default boot into the desktop layer, which basically says, let's throw away the silly graphical tile interface, go back to what it was before. So if Microsoft came out with a Windows 7.5, which was meant to be a refinement of Windows 7 with maybe an optional touchscreen layer if people wanted it, it would have been more successful. Maybe. You know, there's a piece over at the Financial Times um, uh, this week written by uh, Richard Waters uh, that calls Windows 8. There's a piece over at uh, the Financial Times penned by Richard Waters. And I'd just like to read you the, uh, uh, the lead paragraph to give you a sense of what direction this is going in. Microsoft is preparing to reverse course over key elements of its Windows 8 operating system, marking one of the most prominent admissions of failure for a new mass market consumer product since Coca-Cola's new Coke fiasco nearly 30 years ago. Let's face it, no one, no one wants to be compared to the new Coke. And Windows 8 is the new Coke. Exactly. But at least Coca-Cola, after, what, three months, admitted the failure. They introduced Coke Classic. They went back to the old recipe, and people were happy. I mean, you want to stuff yourself up on Coke? There you go. And the key is, in the diet versions, Diet Coke and all that, the key is to make it seem or make it taste as close as possible to the regular Coke as it can be. That's the thing. That's the advertising point they're having there. That yeah, a- If you absolutely. buy the diet version, it's like someone asked me the other day, whatever happened to Tab? Well, Tab didn't taste like Coke. Wasn't it marketed by Coke, so therefore it wasn't any good. But Diet Coke is real Coke. It's just using those things that destroy your bladder. And you know, Tab is still around, right? I don't know. I haven't tried it in years. Yeah, Tab is still around, but now it's being touted as an energy drink. Oh. They've they've reformulated it. So if I want a real energy drink, I'll go into the local convenience store, and I'll buy myself some Tab. And, you know, whatever that does for me. Right, exactly. So uh, Tab is, is sort of like the uh, a diet Red Bull, I guess. I don't know. Um, you know it, well, Red Bull has a diet version, by the way. That's true. That's true. The sugar-free Red Bull. I, I've, enjoyed, I've enjoyed it many times. As uh, a matter of fact, we should tell our listeners that without his Red Bull, at least four or five cups every morning, we wouldn't be ready to do a show like this. I'm kidding. Yeah. And by the way, they're not one of my sponsors. Peter Cohen joining us from the Angry Mac Bastards radio show on the loop at loopinsight.com. And coming up a bit later on the show, you'll be hearing from Avram Pilch of Laptop Magazine, and he's going to have all sorts of fascinating things to discuss, maybe one of his five or ten best lists. 
One more segment coming up on the Tech Night Owl Live. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you'd like to listen to GCN programs on the go, I have great news. GCN has created a Droid and iPhone application, and it's free. Just as easy as going to GCNlive.com, click on the banner, and download. Before you know it, you'll be listening to your favorite hard-hitting GCN shows, live or on demand, right on your Droid or iPhone, 24-7 and on the go. So download the Droid and iPhone app free by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Thanks again for listening to GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. We the People grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit, and carting to a private bank, having it led back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Ted Anderson, I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. Gardeners, here comes another growing season, but don't use last year's soil. Maximize yields in your survival garden with EM1 from Terraganics. EM1 is an organic soil conditioner, fertilizer amendment, and compost accelerant that provides a broad spectrum of beneficial microorganisms, enzymes, trace minerals, vitamins, and various organic acids. EM1 helps regulate the soil's pH level and its soil microbes, improving moisture retention and drought tolerance. Remember last year's dry conditions? EM1 from Terraganics is safe, chemical-free, and certified for use on all organic farms. It improves plant quality, size, color, flavor, and gives up to 20% more nutrient value in fruits and vegetables and greatly increases shelf life. And EM1 is so simple to use, just mix with water and apply. This year, prepare your crisis garden for maximum yields with EM1 from Terraganics.com. Order now at T-E-R-A-G-A-N-I-X.com or call toll-free 866-369-3678. That's 866-369-3678. Terraganics, life's getting better. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Okay, we have Peter Cohen of the Loop, of loopinsight.com and the Angry Mac Bastards radio show. We were talking briefly about Microsoft, the problems with Windows 8. And I'm wondering here, how many of those Windows 8 computers when they go into the homes and offices, aren't immediately downgraded to Windows 7? That is a very good question, Gene. I don't know, but I bet a lot of them are. I think part of it here is the fact that there's no way we can keep up with those figures because Microsoft doesn't want to tell you. This is true. This is true. I mean, you know, Microsoft doesn't want people to know that it's uh, it's new... Um, uh, operating system is a failure, so they're, they're going to bury that information as much as they can. Obviously, Microsoft is admitting by making changes that they screwed up, and they'll try to do it again, but they've lost a whole year. They've lost a whole year on this. Yeah. Yeah, they have an untold, you know, millions of dollars of development money. Okay. But, you know, they're still doing fairly well with sales. I mean, the last quarter was pretty good. Because, once again, obviously a lot of companies bought Windows 8 licenses, I guess expecting to sell the PCs. But 
If PC sales continue to fall in subsequent quarters, those figures won't look near as good. Uh, you know, that's true. That's true. And, uh, you know, Ado- uh, Adobe, pardon me. Wow, Freudian slip. Microsoft still uh, makes quite a bit of money from quarter to quarter. So, you know, we, we can look at the, the 100 million sales and laugh at it because we don't really know how many of those are installed on computers and all this other stuff. But, uh, you know, my, Microsoft is, is, is making money quarter after quarter. It's not like people uh, aren't buying their products. And obviously, they're doing very well with this cloud-based system, Office 365, in persuading people to get their office licenses in the cloud. That is correct, yeah. Which, of course, may have been one more incentive for Adobe to do it. But on the long haul here, obviously, Microsoft isn't stupid. If you see the new commercials for Windows 8, instead of lots of noise, they've got this kind of heavy-set, nerdy guy saying, look what you could do with Windows 8. They're trying to address the issue of people who say Windows 8 is obtuse. Yeah, and you know, it's, it's interesting because whether or not you like Windows 8 or not, I think is, is, is largely predicated on whether or not you're a Windows Phone 8 user. The people who I see who are the most enthusiastic about, uh, you know, these, these uh, laptops that convert to tablets are the same people who have Windows Phone 8 in their pocket. You know, a Lumia 920 or, you know, whatever it is that they might have. Uh, they've got a, a, a Windows uh, Phone 8-based system in their pocket. So they're the ones who are the early adopters. They're the ones who are very pleased with this. But, uh, you know, we're talking about a huge base of, uh, of users to move from. And anytime you've got, you know, that huge uh, a base of anything, it takes a long time to get over inertia and to get momentum to change. Well, the problem also that Microsoft has is, as they hope people will gradually upgrade to Windows 8 and change, we have Samsung and Apple owning the mobile market. Yep, yep. You know, um, as far as owning the market in the sense of owning uh, profit, (laughs) it's basically a two-horse race. Of course, and, and that's the point. If you can't make money from it, no company in their right mind is going to continue doing business. It's not like Amazon. Amazon doesn't make big profits. Amazon may be the exception there. They make very small profits if they make a profit at all, but they are still Wall Street's darling. But Apple makes huge profits. Samsung makes good but slightly less huge profits. So they're doing well, and right now together they dominate the industry. Now imagine here if they shook hands and agreed to divvy up their respective stuff, cross-license where necessary, stop suing each other, and just enjoy and make lots of money. Be like organized crime carving out different territories. (laughs) Yeah, you think here, well, I got this outside of Chicago, and you got, you know, Skokie, Illinois, whatever. Somehow, I don't think that would pass muster with... uh Uh, with the feds of course not but it wouldn't happen officially but you know cross licensing is not a problem apple and htc reached an agreement maybe samsung and apple could realize that these lawsuits are doing nothing but making independent law firms very very rich right so you have to think eventually they have to come to an agreement here just say look let's just compete 
And in areas where we have to work together, we work together to improve the industry. But we make all the profits in the cell phone industry. You can't knock that. Yeah, you can't knock that. It's true. You know, I mean, if you invest in Samsung, you're doing well. If you invest in Apple, you're doing well. So one is not going to kill the other. One is not going to kill the other, no. Okay. There you go with that. That makes an interesting topic. I guess some people think they should. So how do you like this, by the way? Reports from T-Mobile, which had been shedding customers and everything, and suddenly they add the iPhone, and three weeks later they sold 500,000 iPhone 5s after adding it to the system, even though the product's been out since last September. There's still life left in the iPhone 5. Yeah, fancy that. And, you know, it was, it was one of the, the few bright points, I think, in, in T-Mobile's uh, earnings uh, uh, report as well. So half a million uh, new iPhone 5s running on uh, T-Mobile's network. Uh, you know, it, and that number kind of surprises me a bit because let me tell you something. I've got an iPhone 5, and I've got, I've got it on, on T-Mobile right now. I, I, I put a T-Mobile Nano SIM on it when, when I got it. And uh, <laughs> T-Mobile is a long way away from having their network thoroughly optimized uh, for the iPhone 5. Because in in case our our listeners aren't aware, uh, T-Mobile's network operates on a different bandwidth frequency than... um, It's a a GSM network, the same way that AT&T's is a GSM network, but it operates on a separate bandwidth frequency. We only have three minutes left on this segment, so be quick about this guy. Uh, than 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 AT and T, so they actually have to adjust their entire network to optimize it uh, for the iPhone five. My iPhone five, ninety nine percent of the time is actually running on Edge. That's two G, because it it can't connect at the faster speeds. If I go to a major urban area, like when I went to New York a couple of weeks ago, it works great. But uh, uh, it, you know, T Mobile, I think, will see a lot more customers hop on as they. Um, refarm uh, their network antennas uh, to, uh, to to work better with the iPhone 5. And the new iPhone 5 for T-Mobile is optimized for the frequencies that T-Mobile uses. So if you just go in there and just buy an iPhone 5 from T-Mobile, there is no problem. Now, I'm very seriously considering, by the way, moving from AT&T when my contracts are up to T-Mobile because in the areas where I travel, the coverage with T-Mobile is pretty good. Yeah, T-Mobile um, is certainly you know has a fighting chance here, and they recently acquired a um, an, another company called Metro PCS, uh, which is big in the prepaid market. So uh, yeah, T-Mobile is one to watch. It's nice to have that competition. It makes these big companies kind of look back and make sure they're doing the right thing. Like AT and T has always been dinged for network quality problems, and I've used AT and T since the early days of the iPhone, two thousand seven. So I have seen improvements, but, you know, maybe those improvements could be better, and maybe the competition from T-Mobile will help that. And isn't it a good thing that the merger didn't happen? Indeed it is, Gene. Indeed it is. Okay, Peter Cohen, tell our listeners where they can find more of your stuff. 
My podcast is at angrymacbastards.com. We work blue. That means we use naughty language. So if that stuff offends you, please avoid us. Uh, you can also find my writings on uh, The Loop at loopinsight.com. And I'm also senior editor at iMore, iMore.com, one of the uh, best places on uh, the, the web to find information about iOS uh, products and, uh, and services. And I'm bringing my Mac expertise to them. So look for me there, too. Peter Cohen is everywhere. Everywhere. Including the Tech Night Out Live. Thanks, my friend, for coming on. Thanks, Gene. Next up on the Tech Night Out Live, we'll talk about preserving your digital videos and photos. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Gold. It's like nothing else on Earth. From the Romans through the Renaissance, from the Industrial Age to the Space Age, gold has weathered the test of time. For 6,000 years, gold has remained the ultimate store of wealth. According to the World Gold Council and the U.S. Mint, demand is at an all-time high. The stage is being set for the reemergence of gold as the common-sense alternative to a fiat paper currency that gets weaker every day. Midas Resources is proud to offer the hard-hitting report that arms you with the truth you need to protect you and your family from the Fed's plans for your hard-earned money. Don't gamble with your future. Call Midas Resources today and ask for your free copy of As Good As Gold. Call 1-800-686-2237 for the report the Fed hopes you'll never see. As Good As Gold can be yours by calling 800-686-2237. If you have ever thought about owning gold, you must read this report. Call Midas today at 800-686-2237. Got a simple question for you. Can you sell? Yes? Okay. Can you sell the intangible? If yes, and you'd like to work 9 to 5, Monday through Friday, with no overtime, no weekends, if you're passionate about not closing sales, but about opening relationships, if you truly have a desire to serve global clients who need your advertising expertise, and you're local to the Twin Cities and Burnsville, are hardworking, self-driven, with experience in sales, marketing, or advertising, are personable and a whiz on the phone, GCN wants to talk with you right now. GCN, the Genesis Communications Network, is one of the largest largest independent talk radio networks in the world and we're hiring right now we offer benefits and an excellent commission structure experience preferred but we'll train the right person is that you submit your resume today to advertise at gcnlive.com again that's advertise at gcnlive.com come work with the genesis communications network and equal opportunity employer 
Have you ever consumed protein powder supplements? I have, and all of them don't taste that good. Have artificial flavors, sweeteners, or unhealthy sugars. About a year ago, I was introduced to a new protein powder that changed my experience. This protein powder made me feel noticeably better, and it tasted more delicious than any drink I've ever had. Here's the experience of one satisfied user named Rich. The term best of all worlds has been belabored to death. And yet I've just discovered a whey protein powder that truly deserves to be called best of all worlds. Best taste, by far. Best results, by far. You almost feel like you're cheating, that something that tastes that good could be so good for you. Thank you, Stephen, and Cocoon Nutrition. One World Way truly is the best of all worlds. The only way for me. Yours truly, Rich from Georgia. Real user, real happy. Call 888-988-3325 or visit OneWorldWay.com. That's OneWorld, W-H-E-Y.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at TechNightOwl.com. That's news at TechNightOwl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow Night Owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. So we have Greg Scoblati. He's a co-author of a new book called From Fleeting to Forever, A Guide to Enjoying and Preserving Your Digital Photos and Videos. Now, understand as is probably true with most of you. You take your pictures probably with what you have at hand, which may likely be an iPhone or one of those other phones, or possibly a tablet. But you have a mass of photos. In fact, according to a statistic in the press release I got about this book, we snap an estimated 266 million photos. Is that every day? Yes, it is every day. Wow. And 97 billion photos a year. So what do we do with all that stuff? Well, uh, the truth is most of us don't do much with it. They either linger on our phones, on our tablets, or if we do manage to transfer them to our computers, chances are they'll sit there unorganized until we have uh, an opportunity to get around to them. And the more you take, the less opportunity you have, Greg. Well, that's right. We we compare it to sort of a digital avalanche where photography has unleashed, digital photography has unleashed uh, so many opportunities for taking pictures. Now our phones take pictures, our tablets take pictures, and that's all to the good. But it creates a sort of deluge of data that is very hard to keep track of and organize. When it comes to photos, it's a shame because these are really, these are our memories. These are images and memories that we want to preserve forever, for as long as possible. And the more we take, the harder it is to sort of preserve that, that core mission of why we're taking photos. Now, in the old days, the good old days, we had regular film cameras. And it was not cheap to take a picture. You, know, you buy a roll of film, you got the roll of film, you take your 12 pictures, or your 20 pictures, or your 36 pictures... Then you go to a place to have them developed. You do all this stuff, and every roll of film becomes a major project. But if it's digital, you go snap, 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 without considering what you're going to do with it. Right, and that, and that's good and bad. I mean, digital photography has allowed us to take a lot more pictures cheaply, and it's made the cost of, of preserving our memories a lot cheaper. But with those film photos, you took them, you threw them into a box, and maybe you forgot about them. 
But what you did have was a record of those memories that would last for 30, 40, 50 years without you having to do anything. With digital photography, it's completely different. You take thousands of photos, but how, do you, how can you be sure that in 30 or 40 years from now, those digital files will be accessible and readable by your grandkids or your great-grandkids? So sort of the paradox of, of digital technology that while it's unleashed uh, all these great opportunities, it's also introduced some new challenges that I don't think a lot of people are really thinking about. And that's one of the reasons why we wrote this book. Okay, Greg. So obviously one of the considerations here might be privacy because almost everybody uploads their photos to Facebook, to one of those other photo services. So right now, what should they know in uploading those photos? I mean, I assume unless you want the world to see them, it's mainly intended for your family or your friends. That's correct. I mean, and, and this is a really, uh, it's a personal preference thing. I mean, the, the first thing we, we tend to advise people is if, if you're really private, if you want no one to, uh, to see your photos except the people that you really trust, you should email them because that's the best way to sort of uh, ensure the chain of custody. But we recognize that you know, Facebook uh, receives 300 million photos a day. So obviously people are very interested in, in taking advantage of social networks to share their images. So our advice in that instance is to, A, make sure that your social network is mostly populated with people that you trust. Younger generations may uh, grow their networks very quickly and then fall in and out of friendships. But it's really important to sort of call and curate the people that have access to your images socially because you want to ensure that, you know, you, nothing happens to them that, that you wouldn't approve of. And the second thing is to be aware of the, of the terms of service and your privacy settings. A lot of changes happen on Facebook in particular with privacy settings that you may not be aware of. And you may have settings on there as far as what images are made public, uh, what kind of information along with those images is made public that may or may not be suitable to your preferences. So we advise you to stay aware of those privacy settings. And then there are other sort of technical uh, fixes that you can do to share your images, such as remove the metadata. Every photo you take, particularly with a smartphone, contains the time it was taken and in many cases the location it was taken. And all of that information is sort of bundled, hidden in the file that you upload and if you're very private or very concerned about your, uh, you know, not revealing your whereabouts, you can strip that metadata from your photo before you upload it, which is another thing that we would recommend. Okay. Is there an easy way for people to do that? Yes. There are some free programs. I don't uh, recall off the top of my head the name of them, but there are uh, several free programs online that will essentially strip this data from you. It will preserve an original file so that that original data is, is there for you to use at home or for personal use. But you can strip it before you, before you upload it. What about iPhoto? As far as removing the metadata? Yes. I don't believe they can, they can do that. Apple doesn't care about that. Well, I don't want to say that they don't care about it necessarily, but maybe it's not the, not the first thing that they're concerned about. They have bigger fish to fry. We don't want to go into that. <laughs> okay, now that's also true here, not just the privacy issue, but organizing the photos before you post them online. Isn't it just as important that you don't throw people tons of photos that they may not even have time to get through? You pick the gems. That's right. I mean, the other point to the thousands of photos that we're taking is it's become so easy to, I don't want to say be careless with photography, but... You sort of have free, free. Uh, it's a, it's a firing range. You can, you can fire when ready with, with your camera. And 
we amass a lot of photos, but as with anything, as with the days of print, you want to sort of curate what you what you show, whether it's uh, you know personally or or socially, because people don't have time to, you know, it's you and everyone else on Facebook throwing up throwing up their photo album, throwing up their holiday album. So you do want to be selective with what with what you post. I understand that, especially because your friends might not have the time to see the four hundred pictures you just posted. Because then they have 10 other friends who just uploaded 400 pictures. So now you have 4,000. That's right. And, and there are better ways, I think, than Facebook uh, to do the sort of mass sharing. I'm a fan of actually Google Plus when it comes to, to social photo sharing. It, it's not as popular. It certainly doesn't have the scale of Facebook. But they have much finer grain controls over who gets to see what image, um, which I think is uh, is very useful because... You know, speaking for myself, my Facebook circle, my Facebook uh, you know social network, is filled with family, friends, coworkers, colleagues, vague acquaintances. Uh, you know, people I don't know very well to people that are my dearest friends and family. Not all of those people need to see my backyard barbecue. Uh, and Google Plus does a nice job of allowing you to select the, the only the people you want to see, uh, you want to share with, and. Um, it sort of enables that mass mass sharing without oversharing. Wow. So maybe we should be going to Google Plus. I can argue that with somebody. Okay. <laughs> Greg Scoblati is joining us, and the book is called From Fleeting to Forever, A Guide to Enjoying and Preserving Your Digital Photos and Videos. More to come on the Tech Night Out Live. <laughs> America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. Whether it's personal mail, whether it's business email, you want reliable, dependable delivery, freedom from spam, freedom from viruses. Well, Polaris Mail offers professional email hosting services for your personal or small business use. Each account uses 25 gigabytes of storage, an easy-to-use webmail interface, and full mobile sync. Sign up today for a 30-day free trial at PolarisMail.com, PolarisMail.com. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It just stopped responding. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Check it out. iWeb.com. That's iWeb.com. If you owe the IRS back taxes, listen carefully. Sweeping changes to IRS policies will help more people than ever eliminate their tax debts once and for all. And now, thanks to Dan Pillow, you can get the tax help you need to end your tax nightmare. Hi, I'm Dan Pillow. I've helped thousands of people reduce or eliminate tax debts they couldn't pay. And after more than 30 years of experience dealing with the IRS, I can tell you there's no such thing as a hopeless tax case. With the IRS's new policies, it's easier than ever to put your tax debt behind you once and for all. Call now at 800-346-6829 to learn how I can help you. You know your IRS debt will not go away by itself, but you don't have to live in fear anymore. Call 800-346-6829. Learn how I can help you eliminate wage and bank levies, release tax liens, and negotiate a settlement with the IRS that will put your tax nightmare behind you forever. Call 800-34-NO-TAX 
or go to my website, TaxHelpOnline.com. That's TaxHelpOnline.com. American gardeners and fellow patriots make the right choice with your money, time, and your family food supply. Choose 100% pure heirloom seeds in the Survival Seed Vault from MyPatriotSupply.com. Why spend more? The Survival Seed Vault from MyPatriotSupply.com is only $37.95 and includes 20 varieties of pure, hardy, easy-to-grow heirloom seeds. Yes, only $37.95. That's 70% less than our competitors. You could buy three Survival Seed Vaults for less than one of theirs. The Survival Seed Vault from MyPatriotSupply.com includes detailed planting and seed-saving instructions and ships same day. Plus, all orders over $49 ship free. MyPatriotSupply.com is American-owned by patriots like you, passionate about freedom and preparedness. Call now, 866-229-0927. That's 866-229-0927. Or discover more emergency preparedness items when you order at MyPatriotSupply.com. Choose the original. Choose the Survival Seed Vault at MyPatriotSupply.com. Positive results from satisfied customers of Heart and Body Extract continue to pour into our website, hbextract.com. This is Al from New Jersey. One day I saw your ad for Heart and Body Extract, and it mentioned that it would help me with angina, so I decided to order. I figure I had nothing to lose. Heart and Body Extract supplies your body with everything it needs to balance itself and maintain optimal heart and circulatory health with no negative side effects. I took the formula three times a day as directed, and I kid you not, within four days, my angina pain was completely gone. Order HB Extract by calling 866-295-5305 or online at hbextract.com. That's 866-295-5305 or hbextract.com. I could not believe it actually stopped the pain. Heart and Body Extract actually works. This is just an amazing product. Even the numbness in my hands is completely gone. Heart and Body Extract for a long and healthy life. What's going to happen next? You never know when you're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. Greg Scoblati joining us. We're talking about dealing with your digital videos and your digital photos, how to organize them, how to preserve them, that sort of thing. Now, just parenthetically, with Google+, you regard it then as a better way of dealing with people, assuming you can get all your friends to join. That's right. I mean, the, um, the big drawback of Google Plus is that it's not as well populated as Facebook. It's not as popular as Facebook. But I, I do think when it comes to photos, at least, there's a very strong case to be made for Google Plus because of its ability to basically segregate out your social circle into the people that you're friends with, into the people that you're family, coworkers. This way, you're not, you're not sharing private personal photos with, with coworkers or colleagues or people who don't necessarily don't want to see that or don't need to see them. There's also the issue of accidentally sharing photos that you don't want people to see. How do you avoid that? Well, our advice is if you, if you don't want anyone to see your photo, don't put it online. Because even the most scrupulous uh, third parties can, either through negligence or you know, more malign intent, can release your images. Or you know, once you turn your images over to a third party, you have to take some measure of risk. Now, those risks, depending on how... I guess, well, you've selected your, your third party, be it Facebook or Google+. Those risks are, are minimal, I think, but they do exist. I mean, the, the service PhotoBucket, for instance, 
which was a popular online photo sharing destination sort of before Facebook, although it, it still retains a fairly large following. There was an exploit found on that site which enabled people to view personal photo albums. Now, there wasn't anything necessarily incriminating in those albums, but when you when you upload those photos and you, you set them to private, there's a presumption that your images will be private. But in this day and age, with fairly pervasive hacking uh, you know, occurring on a regular basis, the safest way, the best way to ensure that no one gets a hold of your images to, is to not to upload them. So that is a good answer. Just don't bother if you can help it. But in terms of your personal organization, you've got all those thousands of photos. Other ways you can organize them, or should you just basically treat each one as a separate session? Well, we sort of advocate is you want to you want to start the organization from the moment you're capturing the photo. So if you're shooting with a digital camera, you know we recommend getting your date and timestamp set. Sometimes we let we just let it default to you know January first, two thousand or two thousand thirteen or whatever year you're in. Um, because once that date and time are set, software programs will use that information to help you organize. And we're also big fans of the iFi card, which is a wireless SD card, which uh, fits into any camera and will automatically and wirelessly upload your photos to your computer and to a cloud or online storage site uh, automatically for you. And it arranges those photos by date. So it's a, it's a rudimentary way but a quick and easy way for you to get the photos off your camera and in, into the computer and in a somewhat organized fashion. Can we rely on the cloud? I mean, we've heard of failures with Apple's iCloud, and certainly Microsoft and Amazon's services have had issues from time to time. Google has had a few, not always publicized. So the key here is, can you lose your precious photos when that data center goes down or gets hacked? Potentially. Our, our mantra with, or, uh, with preserving images is never rely on any one thing exclusively. So if you're strictly relying on, say, iCloud or Google Drive or Box or any of the cloud services as the only place you're putting your photos, we think you're running a, a risk that you shouldn't take. So a duplicative approach where you store photos on a hard drive, an external hard drive, on your computer's hard drive and in the cloud, we think is the best way to sort of get the best of all the worlds of storage and not put your put your photos in one basket, if you will. Don't put all your photos in one basket. That's right. Now, in terms of the future, where we worry about 30 years from now, those files won't be readable. Is there any way to future-proof them, other well, than making prints of the ones you need? <laughs> well, you anticipated my answer because... The reality is today, the only way to ensure beyond a shadow of a doubt that a particular photo will last for generations, and by, and by generations I mean 50, 70, 100 years, which you know, for a family a legacy is not, is not unexpected. Um, the only way to ensure that today is to make a print. We, we actually, for the book, we interviewed a print permanence expert. His name is Henry Wilhelm, and he explained that just using a home inkjet printer can produce uh, a photo that will last for 200 years. Now, short of printing, the best way to preserve a digital file is one, to, to use that, that duplicative approach that, that we talked about, keep a copy in the cloud and keep a copy in an external drive. And, and the other thing is, is basically to stay somewhat aware of technology trends because storage formats change. I mean, it, we don't use uh, three and a half inch floppy disks anymore. Sooner or later, we won't use optical drives such as uh, DVDs. 
in the not too distant future, it's not unreasonable to expect hard drives to replace be replaced by something. So it's important to stay aware of these trends, and as technologies start to shift, to migrate your your digital files onto these new platforms. And further down the line, uh, you sort of just have to trust in the technology industry to be aware of the problem, because they certainly are, uh, and to come up with a solution to make sure that future devices will be able to read the digital files themselves, the JPEG image files that we're capturing. So long as someone doesn't send you a box of floppy disks with photos on it. Exactly. Exactly. Or we put them on crystals. <laughs> or we just upload them to our brains and then upload our brains to a, a central computer. Well, of course, that takes us to various science fiction concepts. That's right. Where basically we use Google Glass to upload them to our brains, and therefore that's the way it works. Wow. Yes. We don't get into the singularity in our book. But you know, that could be another book, by the way. You could come up with another one from Fleeting to Forever, A Guide to Enjoying and Preserving the Singularity. <laughs> this could be the sequel book. That's true. Now, the other thing, of course, is we have lots of new technologies like 3D coming along. Are there things you should be aware of with that? Because we expect file formats will change. I mean, right now, even for like your 3D TV, you have passive or active with the glasses, but then you'll have a method which will be without the glasses, and maybe you'll, they'll throw away the format. Yeah, and, so, and something similar has, has happened a little bit, not on the photo side as much, but on the video side, there were a, a few 3D camcorders and a few still cameras that could take 3D video, and there were several competing file formats. That is very much a case where, particularly when it's a small niche kind of a phenomenon like 3D, which which hasn't really caught on and I don't suspect will catch on in any great uh, number. If you are compiling a lot of 3D video, uh, you are at much greater risk of, of having file formats change on you and viewing formats change on you. And the best advice there, again, is to just stay abreast and keep, keep an eye on, on those technology trends because it's hard to anticipate how long various software vendors or hardware manufacturers are going to support technologies like 3D that don't have much consumer traction. So the watchword here would probably be when a brand new format or scheme comes out, be careful about it. We know that JPEG's going to be around, but a lot of these other schemes, you never know. Greg, tell our listeners a little bit about the book and where they can get a copy. Sure. The book is available at any Anywhere fine ebooks are sold, so Amazon, iTunes, Barnes and Noble. It is uh, six ninety nine, seven chapters, and we deal with basically everything we've dis- discussed this evening: how to organize your photos, and we also get into a lot of the the different products you can make with your digital photos. Because one of the things that's really been unleashed by by photography is a whole range of of great products like wall art, prints on aluminum, and different really creative options you can do with your photos. So the book will covers all those and, and provides some links to some of the, the products that we think are the best. So we, we deal with that and with how to preserve and, and make sure that those digital photos will last for, for generations. Greg Scoblati, thank you for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Thanks for having me. Next up with a seven best list and a ten best list is Avram Pilch of Laptop Magazine. <laughs> Yeah.
Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. What's safer and cheaper than prescription drugs? Glad you asked. The answer is Renovation Teas. Herbal remedies are much safer and much cheaper than prescription drugs. Taste great, and most importantly, herbal teas are effective and non-addictive. Renovation Tea is especially unique, and here's why. We spent years researching herbs and their beneficial properties. Renovation Teas uses only 100% organic, fair trade herbs. Our teas are blended towards specific ailments and health conditions, such as diabetes, blood pressure, anxiety, libido, detox, and much more. All Renovation Teas are formulated and hand-filled in Arkansas. Take care of yourself naturally, the way Mother Nature intended. Order Renovation Teas at RenovationTea.com or call 870-784-3121. That's 870-784-3121. Renovation Tees. Renovate your health one bag at a time. So, a natural disaster strikes, and out goes your power. You risk losing stored food in electric freezers and refrigerators. Your options, lose all that expensive food and medication, fire up a noisy gasoline-powered generator, or switch now to a propane or natural gas-powered refrigerator from Ben's Discount Supply. Ben'sDiscountSupply.com has a complete line of propane-powered refrigerators, freezers in sizes ranging from a small camper cooler size up to a whopping 21-cubic-foot refrigerator freezer or a 22-cubic-foot deep freezer. In stock and ready to ship anywhere. Ben'sDiscountSupply.com also stocks a full line of solar-powered appliances to get you completely off the grid. Check out Ben'sDiscountSupply.com or call 800-771-7702. That's 800-771-7702. Or click Ben'sDiscountSupply.com for camping, home, or bug-out location. Bank on Ben'sDiscountSupply.com. Are you still a traditional smoker? Now experience a new lifestyle and try vaping with e-cigarettes by LeSig. Imagine no ashes, stains, nasty smell, or coughing and hacking. With LeSig e-cigarettes revolutionary microelectronic technology, rechargeable battery, and unique replaceable cartridge, you'll get all the benefits and satisfaction of smoking without the hazards. Choose your taste from a wide variety of our new American-made vaporeate e-liquids at LeSig.com. And LeSig smokes the competition by serving thousands of worldwide 
worldwide customers with real people customer service, fast, free, same-day shipping, and a 30-day warranty and satisfaction guarantee. So are you ready for a new vaping lifestyle? Then call 870-518-4307. That's 870-518-4307. Or visit LeSig.com, spelled L-E-C-I-G.com. LeSig e-cigarettes for today's modern smoker. You never know what's going to happen next while listening to the Tech Night Owl, live with Gene Steinberg. Abram Pilch of Laptop Magazine is joining us now. And as I did with our earlier guest, Peter Cohen, I'm going to hit him with a left field question for his reaction. There's a story out this week that 78,000 people have volunteered to take a one-way trip to Mars, I guess to colonize Mars. Mm-hmm. Now, I realize you have a family, but assuming 10, 15 years from now, you could bring the wife and the kid and any other kids you might have to Mars. Would you do it? One way. Uh, how high speed is the Internet? <laughs> how, if there's no Internet on Mars, then my answer is no. And if I can't get new gadgets on Mars, then my answer is no. So I think my answer is no because I won't be able to get the technological amenities that, that I've come to demand and expect in life. <laughs> but uh, I'm sure for a lot of folks that won't be a problem. Do you think that maybe we've become too dependent on those technological amenities? I mean, before there were cell phones, I survived. I had no problem. Before I got online in the 1980s, I survived. I wrote letters to people. It was okay. I had a typewriter. I did a lot of those things too, but I have to say, we, we survived, sure, we survived without a lot of technologies in the past, but now that they exist, why would you want to take a step backwards? If you never experienced using a computer, then not using one doesn't seem like a problem. If you've never experienced using a bathroom, then not having plumbing, you know, doesn't seem like a problem either. But as you come to experience new and, and better things, that's what keeps life interesting. In fact, what we're using today is going to be completely outdated and, and boring a few a few years from now. I mean, I, I wrote an article not long ago about frustrations that my son will never experience that I, you know, experienced as a you know, child and young adult with technology, you know, he's never going to have to worry about rewinding a VHS tape. But, uh, but nevertheless, it doesn't mean that I want to go back to having VHS tapes. Well, I think a lot of it is the quality of the picture, of course. I mean, if VHS tapes gave you 1080p high definition and were less, shall we say, destructible over time, do you think we'd have a Blu-ray DVD? I mean, you know, there, there's obviously the obviously the issue there is that tape inherently is inferior to something that that is more of a solid state thing like a CD or a DVD or, or now, of course, flash memory, because you have to rewind it, and and that is just you know, I mean, look. I'm sure you remember back in the back in the day with the old computers like the original Apple and Commodore 64 and all those where we, when you wanted to save a program you saved it to cassette tape if you didn't have a disk drive and you had to sit there and wait 30 minutes for it to like read the cassette tape. I mean, 
I have a lot of nostalgia for those days, but I wouldn't go back and I wouldn't go back to that time. I remember using a type setting device called an IBM Composer. And the way it worked is you would type once and then you'd retype changing settings, the number of spaces between words to justify the copy. Or you use a punch card and the punch card would store the settings and play it back for you. So that goes back quite a few years. I think, you know, looking to what we've become accustomed to, we're accustomed to things like digital photography and stuff like that. And I wonder, 50 years from now, the files, the documents, all that junk we've put in the cloud today, will we even have a way of getting to it and using it? As long as there's not, as long as there's not an apocalypse, I'm sure that we will have a way of getting to it and using it. Uh, but, of course, with the cloud, you were depending on particular services to still exist. You know, and every time you sign up for a cloud service, you're signing up for n- not something that is a public service, but is a business. And the business is going to go out of business eventually, most likely. I mean, you know, who's to say that Dropbox is going to be around 20 years from now? And what are the chances that that whatever remnant is left of it is still going to have the same data that you put in there today. It's possible, but, you know, it's awfully ambitious to think that all the cloud services that we're using today will still be in business five years from now. You have to think that Microsoft will be there. You have to think Apple will be there, that Amazon will be there. But speaking of the cloud, and this is another thing I'll ask you about before we get into some other issues, such as seven ways to give back on Twitter and Facebook. And that is, we have Office 365 from Microsoft, where you rent or subscribe rather than buy your software. Now we have Adobe Creative Cloud. Now what this means, obviously, we've talked about it before, is that if you sign up to these schemes, you have to pay for the rest of your working life if you want to continue to use those products. It's not like just buying an app, and it works as long as you have a computer to run it. So is this the way it's going to be with the major software packages? Uh, as long as they can get away with it, I'm sure I'm sure they will, because what you really want is a steady revenue stream if you're a Microsoft or, or an Adobe, rather than selling, some, selling a package to someone once for $600, and then they may not replace it ever or not for many years. So I can see their incentive to do that. I can also see the user's incentive not to want to have a very, not to want to have a cost every month for a piece of software. At the same time, it could be beneficial for some people they are going to stay up to date. Businesses tend to see costs in terms of monthly costs and yearly costs. So I think in the enterprise, I think it makes perfect sense. For consumers, I don't think consumers like paying monthly fees. So I don't, I don't know that it's going to be a hit with consumers. What we might see, for example, is a run on the older versions of these products so people realize that if they don't buy it now, they never will. Like you'll see Adobe Creative Suite 6. People will buy a lot of copies even despite Adobe's promise to continue supporting the product, realizing that there is going to be a stopwatch somewhere in the future. They'll say, no more. If you want to use our products, you've got to get Creative Cloud. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I, I, totally, I totally think that is going to happen. 
and I think I think it's going to be I think it's going to be a real transition issue and some undoubtedly there undoubtedly there will be someone out there who who will step into the void, whether it's freeware that whether we're going to see it with freeware or we're going to see it with some, whether we're going to see it with freeware, you know, there's already freeware alternatives to office, uh, or it's going to be a competitor uh, that comes out. Maybe it's Google, maybe it's Google services. Um, inevitably there, there's going to be a backlash, but at the same time, I think people are starting to see, um, software as a service as, as something that might be worth paying for. I mean, obviously there's a lot of free services out there, particularly when it comes to cloud storage and, and such, but people are paying for upgrades. So I think the freemium model works, and I think that's what we're going to see is, you know, you already see with, with uh, Microsoft Suite that there's a free version, right? You can go on to, uh, you can go on with Microsoft services with SkyDrive, and you can create a Word document in SkyDrive. You don't need to pay. You can create an Excel document in SkyDrive. You don't have to pay. Um, you, you don't get all the functions of Excel or Word, but you can go on your browser and you can use the browser-based version of those for free. But you want to use a better version of this thing that you're already using? Pay. So I think that model will that model will work because there will always be a free alternative. It doesn't work if there's no free alternative to the software. Well, with Adobe, there won't be. If you want to use their well, products, you've got to go and subscribe or buy the retail version of the older version. I think there may... I think that may change. For one, I mean, I don't know what Adobe is thinking, but I do know that they offer Photoshop Express for free on Android phones, so they're not against this freemium model. There are some Adobe free apps on iOS too, probably the same ones. Right. So they don't they're not totally morally opposed to free. So it's really just a matter of um it's really just a matter of them uh deciding whether they want to do that on the web or in the PC space. Uh and if not, there are free there are free alternatives to Photoshop. If you're on Windows, I highly recommend you download Paint.net. That's a really great uh, Photoshop alternative that's absolutely free and open source. That's there are great. open source apps, of course, available on the Mac and low cost, and we'll get into that in a moment. We have Abram Pilch of Laptop Magazine. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. <laughs> The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you'd like to listen to GCN programs on the go, I have great news. GCN has created a Droid and iPhone application, and it's free. Just as easy as going to GCNlive.com, click on the banner, and download. Before you know it, you'll be listening to your favorite hard-hitting GCN shows, live or on demand, right on your Droid or iPhone, 24-7 and on the go. So download the Droid and iPhone app free by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Thanks again for listening to GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. Hi, 
this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. Hey there, my name is Frank Bates. Do you know the number one most valuable item in a crisis? Some people think the answer is gold. Others think it's a gun. But the correct answer will shock you. I just created a free video at Crisis123.com that reveals a surprising item that is more valuable than gold in a crisis. 97% of Americans don't have this one critical item. In fact, they haven't even given it a thought. And the sad truth is that you may not survive without it when a real crisis hits and a starving mob is right outside your door. What I have to tell you could literally make the difference between life and death for you and your family. Watch my video at Crisis123.com to discover the number one most valuable item in a crisis. You'll be shocked. See the controversial video that thousands of other smart patriots have already seen in the last three months. Go watch my video now at Crisis123.com before they force me to shut it down. Again, that's Crisis123.com. Welcome back to the Tech Night Out Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. With Avon Pills of Laptop Magazine, I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live, just briefly talking about Adobe's decision to set up Creative Cloud so all new versions of their creative apps will be available only by subscription. Or maybe they'll have a lifetime fee, give them $100,000, and you can keep the thing for the rest of your life. I don't know. I hope they're not listening. They might do that. On the Mac, you have free applications, too. You also have something for $14.99 at the Mac App Store called Pixelmator which is an app that includes a decent level of Photoshop compatibility and many of the popular features of Photoshop. So perhaps if you're not the superpower user, it may be an alternative. We'll explore that more in the future. Let's get to an interesting topic here. And I think about this movie long time ago, Pay It Forward. Yeah. Kevin Spacey was in it, and I forget who else was in it. But... There's an article that you have over there at Laptop Magazine called Seven Ways to Give Back on Twitter and Facebook. And I guess we kind of think of those places as selfish. You're kind of promoting yourself. Look at the cool things I'm saying. Look at the family photo album. Look at my great writings. It's kind of selfish. But here are ways that you can do something where you're serving other people. So number one is follow the charities you care about. Yeah, so if you're on Facebook, and most people are, and you like particular charity pages, for example, our managing editor here who wrote an article about how to give back uh, follows the Lucas Foundation of America. And, you know, by keeping up with them, you can obviously help with whatever initiatives those charities have going on, whether it's a fundraiser, whether it's some kind of activism that's going on around particular law, uh, or, or anything else, it obviously helps a great deal to, to keep up to date with what your charities are doing so that you can participate. Uh, so social networking is a, great way to, is a great way to achieve that. 
Okay, let's go to door number two. It takes you to organize or participate in a twestival. Is that the way you say it? A twestival. Right. So a twestival is a festival on Twitter that you can participate in. What that means is that you're able, basically there is a, it is a, there's a global organization that encourages people to organize tweet ups around local causes called Twestival. And what you can do is, you know, this helps you either, either create an event or volunteer for one. Uh, so it's taking the social network and bringing it into real-life meetups. Okay. Door number three, film a vine about your cause. I guess that's a promotional message. Yes. So, you know, um, Twitter for, I, for um, iPhone anyway has Vine now, which is, you know, six-second videos that you create that uh, are kind of entertaining and fun but they don't just have to be for fun. There's a lot of value in them. So you can do, you can actually use the use the vine to sort of, to spread awareness, um, to spread awareness about problems. Uh, a British charity called kids company, uh, used vine to, to talk about about children, um, about children that are being put in a bad, in a bad situation, so I think, you know, there, there are a lot of ways to, to draw attention to what you're doing. I mean, if you think back to some of the viral videos that have been popular on YouTube, uh, it's a similar concept. So everybody remembers Coney 2012. Was it Coney 2012 or Coney 2011? Uh, that video that became viral about, uh, about that warlord. Uh, well, this is a similar concept only in six second bites, which is something that's a lot more consumable and, and will reach a wider audience. Okay. I don't understand this one. Swear like a sailor. Of course we can't do that on this show. <laughs> so I won't give you any examples of how to do this. But, because we uh, would be looking for a new network. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's, it's just an online version of a very common uh, situation that we've all experienced where you have a swear jar. So you sign up for, you sign up for uh, these services and you say, okay, if I use a curse word in my social media, I'm going to have to pay a certain amount that's going to charity. So obviously if you sign up for it, uh, then, then you have to actually use the swear words in order to donate. Of course you could just donate directly, but it's kind of a cute and fun way to, encourage people to donate to charity. Give to the Human Fund via Facebook gifts. Right. So the Human Fund is another is another way that you can pay it forward using social networks. Uh, what you can do with the Human Fund is you is you buy Facebook gifts and then the Facebook gift is a charity. So rather than giving a person an actual physical gift like, hey, here's some flowers or here's a T-shirt that says number one dad, you give a donation in that person's name. Uh, it's a really old concept uh, just taken to a new social networking um, venue. And, you know, I'm, we're all familiar with this. Uh, at my wedding, my wife and I gave uh, everyone a card uh, that part of their wedding favor or their whole wedding favor would be 
that we gave money to a local animal shelter instead of giving people ridiculous, uh, ridiculous swag. So this is a similar concept uh, just done via Facebook. Better than getting 27 toaster ovens if you have a large family. You, know, you can have an auction at the side. You know, after the wedding, you have the auction for the stuff you don't need. Exactly. I want to ask about your wedding. Another <laughs> one here, which we can all agree with, help during a disaster. Yep. So, ob- so obviously, uh, Facebook and Twitter are great places to great places to organize people to help during national during uh, natural disasters like Hurricane Sandy. Um, provided that the people who are in need have internet access of some kind, uh, it's a great way to organize people to help during recovery. Uh, maybe it help, you know, maybe you can volunteer for things like help someone find a place to stay. Some of my coworkers, uh, you know, use social media to find a family in Staten Island that needed help uh, rebuilding their home after. It was ravaged by Hurricane Sandy, and they would go down there every weekend uh, for a while to help that family rebuild. So there's a lot of there's a lot of potential there to use social networking to connect with people in need, to connect volunteers with people in need. That we can understand, and of course you're located in New York, so certainly was up front and center. Okay, like Facebook causes. So Causes is a Facebook app uh, that is made specifically to help connect, uh, to help you see what your friends support and your friends see what you support. Um, and it, it's a way of sharing with um, sharing with your network what your what's important to you, and then uh, people you can help sort of gather your friends for a cause that way. Uh, so instead of it being more of a top-down thing where you like a charity and the char- you see things coming from that charity, it's a way to know what your friends are into and what your friends are in favor of. So in that respect, it's almost like uh, wearing a wearing a giant Live Strong band or, or something like that on your wrist. It's like, hey, this is what I'm for. Um, this is what I'm, the charity I'm supporting. Those are seven ways to pay it forward. Twitter and Facebook. Um, We'll get into some more in our next segment. There's an interesting article that came out this week from Laptop Magazine. And all the editors, I guess, had a chance to participate called 10 Best Apps for Bathroom Breaks. We're not going to get too grisly about this, but I really want to know about those apps. I'll tell you some other stories in a moment. But first, I do want to remind you, if you want to get a hold of us here at the Tech Night Out Live, you can write us a letter, news at technighthow.com, news at technighthow.com, or send a tweet. We are known on Twitter as Tech Night Owl. Once again, we're known on Twitter as Tech Night Owl. But we have Avram Pilch of Laptop Magazine. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. <laughs> Yeah.
Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats, I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. Gold isn't for you? Ted Anderson, president of Midas Resources, one of the world's premier gold and precious metal investing firms. I get it. You wouldn't buy gold if you believed that the government is doing a great job, that the Fed will stop handing out trillions of dollars like bailout candy, that Social Security would be there for you. That's not what's happening. You might even pass on gold if the stimulus package wouldn't fuel inflation, or that the dollar wouldn't lose value, or that your retirement would be secure. If all looks rosy to you, then now is not the time to buy gold. For the realists, there have never been more sobering reasons to diversify with gold. Since 2001, the U.S. dollar index has tanked 30%, while gold has risen 300%. Right now, savvy investors are adding gold to their portfolios. You should, too. Find out what they know. Call us, and I'll send you 10 reasons why gold will do very well, free. 800-686-2237. 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. Got a simple question for you. Can you sell? Yes? Okay. Can you sell the intangible? If yes, and you'd like to work 9 to 5, Monday through Friday, with no overtime, no weekends, if you're passionate about not closing sales, but about opening relationships, if you truly have a desire to serve global clients who need your advertising expertise, and you're local to the Twin Cities and Burnsville, are hardworking, self-driven, with experience in sales, marketing, or advertising, are personable and a whiz on the phone, GCN wants to talk with you right now. GCN, the Genesis Communications Network, is one of the largest independent talk radio networks in the world, and we're hiring right now. We offer benefits and an excellent commission structure. Experience preferred, but we'll train the right person. Is that you? Submit your resume today to advertise at GCNlive.com. Again, that's advertise at GCNlive.com. Come work with the Genesis Communications Network, an equal opportunity employer. Will I have garlic breath after I take Ali C? We get that question all the time about the world's best garlic extract, Ali C. And the answer is, Ali C contains stabilized allicin, nature's antimicrobial agent, and the active ingredient in crushed garlic, but will not give you garlic breath. Scientifically proven in double-blind studies, using low doses of allicin greatly reduces the number, severity, and duration of common colds. Our powerful Ali C contains 300 milligrams of stabilized allicin. Just one tablet of Ali C is equivalent to 40 garlic cloves. It's effective against asthma, MRSA, bacterial, fungal, and viral infections, and helps lower high blood pressure and high cholesterol. Plus, it's a natural mosquito repellent. Boost resistance to infection with nature's best garlic extract, Ali C. For more information and to order Ali C, call 877-888-7126 or go to garlichealthproducts.com. That's 877-888-7126 or garlichealthproducts.com. Fight back with Ali C.
We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. Well, you know, they say you can't tell bathroom humor on commercial radio, so we won't. But we're going to talk about the 10 best apps for bathroom breaks from the editors of Laptop Magazine. But let me tell you, in the old days as a disc jockey, we had what we called bathroom break music, where if you had to take a brief pause from being in front of the microphone, and you wouldn't want dead air. The worst thing to have in radio is dead air where there's a long silence. Now, I got into the habit there of not allowing any silence. Now, of course, when I talk, I'll stop for about a second if I need to pause. But in those days, you couldn't do that. You had the fast-talking disc jockeys 100 years ago, Avram. You don't remember. It's way before you were born. But we had bathroom break music, like Hey Jude by The Beatles, which was over seven minutes. MacArthur Park by the late actor Richard Harris. Yep. Okay. Way to have it. Yeah. And the point being that it probably only became a hit because all these disc jockeys needed to play it. Okay. So if you're in the bathroom and you take with you your smartphone, what are the 10 best apps for bathroom breaks? Number one, Flipboard 2 for iOS and Android. Yeah. So Flipboard uh, is a great news aggregation app. It takes your RSS feeds and turns them into a magazine-like uh, interface where you used to have a stack of magazines in the bathroom. You now have Flipboard, and you can flip through uh, any number of news services. Uh, it's really, really easy. Uh, it's free, and it's an attractive interface that gives you the most magazine-like feel from the websites that you, that you love and frequent. So even better than getting the separate apps for each of those publications if they have them? Right, because it aggregates your headlines together. So let's say you're a tech news junkie like me. You might aggregate uh, in your Flipboard account sites like Engadget and and The Verge and Tom's Hardware and and all all of those sites to kind of keep up keep up with the news and, and that's better than going and downloading individual apps and a bit easier than going and visiting every site individually with your browser. question I have about this is, this an app that has ads? How is it paid for? It's a free app. Ads. Some, some ads. So it's, you know, it's a nice experience. It's a nice sort of fun way to view your content. Ultimately, people will decide whether they like this interface better which is kind of magazine-like, or they prefer the web browser interface, or they prefer Pulse, which is a competitor that isn't quite as magazine-like in terms of its appearance, but displays a bit more information on the screen at once. So there's a number of different possible alternatives. Number two, Candy Crush Saga, also for iOS and Android. Ah, yes. Well, this is a very addictive game that I personally don't see the point of, but uh, people do enjoy it. It's uh, kind of a Tetris-like puzzle game with candy. 
Uh, people advance to higher levels. Uh, if you've enjoyed Bejeweled or you've enjoyed Tetris or you've enjoyed other really casual kind of mindless games, then Candy Crush Saga is the latest and greatest of those and certainly is good for the bathroom because you don't have to invest a lot of time in it. So when you're done with your business, you can just be done with your Candy Crush Saga and not feel like you have to continue. So it's not like suddenly you haven't been back at the desk for an hour and your boss has come looking. Avram, where are you? Oh, stop playing that game. Exactly. Okay. Uh, this one surprises me. The next one is Facebook. Do we really need a Facebook app for the bathroom? Well, really, really by putting this on the list, we recognize that people do use Facebook a lot in the bathroom. And in fact, uh, some people really, think that's where it should remain, but that's another story. Well, I mean, it's not a bad idea because it's very distracting when you're actually trying to do other stuff to sit there and check Facebook, which is a distraction that I've fallen into quite a bit. So if we only looked at it in the bathroom, that would probably be a good place for it because it is very casual reading. In a sense, it is a flipboard news feed of your friends instead of news sources. And uh, so obviously it's exactly the kind of thing that you can do in a quick couple of minutes uh, while you're sitting there. But I'll tell you this, if it had to be Facebook Home, I'd be out of the bathroom real quick. <laughs> oh, I hate Facebook Home. It's very pretty, but very, but not very functional. I tried it on a Galaxy S3, and I found it unusable. And I know that HTC had this new phone. The first. The first, which sounds to me like it's the last, because they're already practically giving those things away. You know, I don't know why they had to create a phone just for this function because you can install it on any phone you want. I guess the idea was to promote it, let's come out with a, with a mid-range phone. The problem is it's really hard to get people excited about a phone that isn't as functional as other phones. I mean, it's an okay phone, but you knew it was going to end up being a, a free giveaway phone because phones these days that are made with mediocre screen, mediocre processor, and mediocre camera tend to be free with subsidy. And you know, people just don't generate a lot of buzz about, hey, this $50 phone is really exciting. The phones that people aspire to own, whether they actually plunk down the $200 or not, are phones like the Galaxy S4 and the HTC One, which I've had a chance to use extensively of late. Those are serious, serious phones that generate excitement. It's hard to generate excitement about something that is on the low end. And, and Facebook Home, while initially interesting, is is not something that really empowers users to do more. I mean, you end up having your icons kind of minimized and, and hidden in order to get Facebook f features on your home screen and your lock screen. And a lot of people will look at that and say, but I had more functionality before. So I'm not sure that this is an app that's, that Facebook Home is really going to take off. I think the chat heads feature of face that they introduced that is now available on Facebook Messenger is a neat feature because it allows you to get chat alerts wherever you are in, in Android. I can't wait. That has value. Okay, this one I can go for because it's available everywhere. iOS, Android, Kindle. I mean, it, this is really as simple as just saying, hey, you want to read a book. Uh, and these days, just like if you want to read a magazine, you probably don't have a stack of magazines in the bathroom. In fact, you probably, instead of reading a magazine, you're probably reading a website. 
that's what Flipboard is for. And Kindle, this is for your collection of books. Obviously, if you're a Barnes & Noble user instead of and you buy things from the Nook store, you'll probably want to have the Nook app instead of Kindle. Uh, but obviously, you'll want to have your e-reader app there on your phone for, for quick reading in the bathroom. That makes it simple. By the way, we're talking about the 10 best apps for bathroom breaks on the Tech Night Out Live. We have Avram Pilch of Laptop Magazine. We've got a few more to go. And this one may seem ridiculous to you, and we'll get to it in a moment after we do our break. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. If you want to get your website online and you need reliable service, first-class service at the lowest possible price, there's only one place to go. Well, DreamHost has a special promotion with our show where they'll offer you unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, one-click web apps such as WordPress, 24-7 support. You can save over $55. You want to know how? Go to DreamHost.com slash radio, DreamHost.com slash radio. Whether it's personal mail, whether it's business email, you want reliable, dependable delivery, freedom from spam, freedom from viruses. Well, Polaris Mail offers professional email hosting services for your personal or small business use. Each account uses 25 gigabytes of storage, an easy-to-use webmail interface, and full mobile sync. Sign up today for a 30-day free trial at PolarisMail.com, PolarisMail.com. If you owe the IRS back taxes, listen carefully. Sweeping changes to IRS policies will help more people than ever eliminate their tax debts once and for all. And now I can help you reduce or eliminate your tax debts and end your tax nightmare. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. I've helped thousands of people reduce and eliminate tax debts they couldn't pay. And after more than 30 years of experience dealing with the IRS, I can tell you there's no such thing as a hopeless tax case. And with the IRS's new policies, it's easier than ever to put your tax debt behind you once and for all. Call now at 800-346-6829 to learn how I can help you. You know your IRS debt will not go away by itself, but you don't have to live in fear anymore. Call 800-346-6829. Learn how I can help you eliminate wage and bank levies, release tax liens, and negotiate a settlement with the IRS that will put your tax nightmare behind you forever. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to TaxHelpOnline.com. That's TaxHelpOnline.com. HempUSA.org has a revolutionary wonder food for detoxing the body and rebuilding the immune system. Microplant powder can help unclog arteries and soften heart valves while removing heavy metals, virus, fungus, bacteria, and parasites. Plus, it cleans and purifies the blood, lungs, stomach, and colon. Keep your body clean with Microplant powder. Order today at 888-910-4367 or visit HempUSA.org. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. How's your pH today? 
Are you acidic? How alkaline is your blood and body? What is the pH of the water you drink? We are AlkaVision, and we have the answers. Drinking pure, high-alkaline water is one of the most important factors in maintaining vibrant health and high energy because bacteria and viruses cannot survive in an alkaline, high-pH environment. If your drinking water isn't at a pH level of 8 or higher, boost it with AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops. Our unique formula will alkalize your water, ridding your body of harmful toxins and acid, and help regain energy and health. Simply add 10 drops of AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops to help your body rid itself of acidic waste, increase oxygen, and raise the pH of your body to optimal levels. Order your bottle of AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops for only $29.95 at AlkaVision.com, spelled A-L-K-A-Vision.com, or call 800-518-7615, 800-518-7615. Alkalize your body, supercharge your health at AlkaVision.com. What are you listening to? The Tech Night Isle Live with Gene Steinberg. What's going to happen next? You never know. With Avram Pilch of Laptop Magazine, I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Isle Live. We're talking about the 10 best apps for those bathroom breaks. And I guess they're designed mostly to not keep you in there too long because the boss may not like it or your other half may not like it or your kids may not like it. This one is called Ridiculous Fishing. It's two ninety nine available on iOS. Tell us about Ridiculous Fishing. I think well, fishing is ridiculous myself for another reason. <laughs> well, it's a really cute little game where you, you know, where you dive down and snag, snag fish and then use a, a gun to a gun to shoot them. Uh, shoot just, fish. You know, You're supposed to use the hook and the fishing rod. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a little bit it's a little bit weird in that respect, but it's just a fun, cute little cute little game in the spirit of Angry Birds, uh, where you're just trying to perform a really simple task using the touch screen, uh, and it's one that can be kind of addictive. A lot of the games that become really popular for mobile are games that are just based on a really silly concept if you think about the plot of the game, but are just kind of a fun action to perform with your fingers. So if you look at Fruit Ninja, for example, which has become really popular, or Cut the Rope, uh, those are both ridiculous concepts, too. In fact, all of these concepts sort of remind me of the old Atari 2600 games I used to play as a kid, where the plot was pretty was pretty basic, like, hey, you've got to throw this ball against the wall. It's basically the same concept, the same idea, casual gaming idea. Just uh, you know, this is one particular example of a good casual game is ridiculous fishing. Of course, there are others out there. Angry Birds has been done to death. People like Fruit Ninja, Cut the Rope, uh, stuff like that. That's really quite simple to play. Okay. Next app for the iOS, it's free. It's called Alien Blue. That's a client for Reddit. So if you are a fan of Reddit and you want to go and keep track of, you know, all the Reddit stuff, all the Reddit content that you like to follow, uh, Alien Blue will put this, will put all that information right at your fingertips if you're on iPhone or iPad and make it really easy to keep up with with Reddit, just just like you use the Facebook app to keep up with Facebook or a Twitter app to keep up with Twitter. All right. 
To introduce the next app, I think when I see this, a song that George Harrison wrote in the 1980s, written by Jeff Lynn and George Harrison, and it was called When We Was Fab, and one of the lyrics was, Long Time Ago When We Was Fab, remembering, of course, the Beatles from the 1960s. So you have an app which is called Fab, which has nothing to do with that. It's free, available for iOS and Android. So what it is, is it's a catalog of stuff that you can buy that is really attractively designed. I guess you could think of it sort of as the uh, Sky Mall or the Hummaker Schlemmer of apps. You can go and find all, kind of neat, all kinds of neat things like designer watches and furniture and that kind of stuff through Fab. And, uh, you know, who doesn't like to browse, a, to browse an attractive an attractive pamphlet or attractive circular when you're in the bathroom. Back when the days when we still got the newspaper, I used to go in the in the bathroom and you know read and look at the CompUSA uh, flyer, and that was my bathroom reading. And or if you got a big catalog from from a tech company that used to send printed catalogs like Tiger Direct, I would leaf through the pages. Or the old computer shopper that was 90% ads for computers I wanted to get. And I wrote some of the articles you read in there. Exactly, when I was not looking at the ads. So, Fab is the equivalent. It's just really focused on uh, attractively designed uh, attractively designed things that you want to get just because they're good looking. You know, there's one other crazy lyric in this song, When We Was Fab by George Harrison and Jeff Lynn. Back when income tax was all we had. It must be the sequel to the song Taxman, because they wrote the song The Beatles' Taxman. was actually the George Harrison song, because in Great Britain, in the U.K., in the 1960s, you know, the top income tax was over 90%. So maybe that's where they got it. I love that. Just look at the lyrics, folks. The lyrics are just fabulous. The song is great, too. But look at the lyrics. It's one of the best George Harrison songs. All right, another app, HBO Go, for iOS, Android. You have to have an HBO subscription, I guess, with your cable or satellite provider. Yep. So if you have an HBO subscription, which uh, if you have an HBO subscription, uh, it's going to, you know, this is a great way for you to go out and watch things like Game of Thrones while you're sitting on your throne. Um, And so... It's just just like Netflix or Hulu Plus, which are also good apps for the bathroom. This one is just particularly compelling because of all of HBO's great content. There you go. I guess we're going to see this more and more from the various networks, aren't we? Yeah. I mean, it's going to be a situation where you're going to have more ways to to get content on your phone. For example, if you have... I believe Time Warner has this and maybe Dish. Uh, There are ways that you can get all your channels available to you streamed through your phone, Uh, although that's a live stream, but I believe you can also stream your DVR. If you have, if you bought the Hopper from Dish Network, you can have a ridiculous amount of stuff that you can stream to your mobile device over the internet from your DVR, uh, so, you know, you're just going to be able to keep taking it with you. Unfortunately, most of these services do not 
um, from independent of buying a cable or satellite service. Do you think that's the way they'll ultimately unbundle cable and satellite services? I mean, just this week, Senator McCain of Arizona introduced a bill for a la carte, and I don't think it's going to go anywhere. But is this the way of the world? Is this where we're destined to be with those services? I think these companies have a monopoly, have a pretty much a monopoly or a very limited amount of competition, and they're going to use their position uh, to maintain that. So you have a situation where you, you, you have somebody like a Comcast or a Time Warner that's selling you your Internet, and then they're also behind the, the cable service. They... They're all, they all want to start implementing, and some of them have already implemented, data caps. So they're going to make it harder and harder for you to use services that don't come from them. So, but even if you were not constrained by a data cap, they're, they're trying to prevent you from getting the content without, subscribe, without subscribing to the cable service, which I'm not really sure if this serves the interests of the networks or just of the cable providers. So, for example, I believe Fox.com, you cannot just go to Fox.com from your phone and view shows anymore. You have to be on, you know, you have to be on your cable internet or, or something that, that proves that you have a subscription to view that channel on your TV. Why does that benefit the network? Why do they why do they care? Shouldn't if you're going to watch their stuff online, shouldn't they try to get as many people to watch as possible? Well, they're also getting money for every hookup, every connection, every person on that particular cable network and that particular tier. Because that's the way it's set up. It's tiers. You know, you have your, your basic cable and you have fourteen other tiers, each of which has three hundred stations you don't want to watch. It's very complicated. The economics of that situation are very complicated because the content creation companies are marketing to the cable providers as a group of networks. You don't just get NBC, you get Sci Fi Network, you get USA, you get nineteen networks that nobody gives anything about. So who knows? We have Avram Pilch of Laptop Magazine. More to come on the Tech Night Owl Live. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. 
For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over six years and serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey Guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and re-cleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light System today complete with two black Berkey elements for only $231 and the Berkey guy will ship your order free of charge. With the purchase of a Berkey light, the Berkey guy is also offering a set of fluoride and arsenic filters for only $39.99. That's over 30% off the retail price. Call the Berkey guy at 1-877-886-3653. That's 1-877-886-3653. Or order online at GoBerkey.com. That's GoBerkey.com today. Introducing a 30-day emergency food supply for only $99. At 30dayfoodsupply.com, you can purchase Oregon Trail Foods' one-month supply of high-quality, nutritious, and healthy emergency meals for less than $100. These vegetarian meals are all-natural, non-GMO, high in carbs and protein, and are packed with oxygen absorbers in Mylar pouches. They take up to 70% less space than number 10 cans, have a 20-year shelf life, and huge portions, over twice the serving size of some competitors' meals. Oregon Trail Foods and 30dayfoodsupply.com keep prices low by buying direct from producers in Oregon and then pass the savings on to you. Purchase a 30-day, 90-serving emergency food supply for only $99 this month and $10 ships your entire order to the lower 48. Call 541-673-6666 or visit 30dayfoodsupply.com where they make preparedness affordable. 30dayfoodsupply.com. Got it? Get it. Go to 30dayfoodsupply.com. A little over a year ago, I began to do a lot of research into why, even if I had a pretty good-sized meal, that I was still starving. And my research led me to a well-known fact that most of the soils that we grow our crops on here in the United States and across the industrialized world are almost completely depleted of almost all of the key minerals and trace elements that our bodies need to rebuild themselves, fight off cancer, and be healthy. I then searched out the best vitamin and mineral company out there and discovered Longevity. The Longevity products are designed to give you the real nutrition you need, and once you've got that, you don't have to eat as much to be satisfied. I've lost 37 pounds in two months simply getting the vitamins and minerals I need. Check it out for yourself. It's incredible. Go to InfoWarsTeam.com today and order your first canister of Beyond Tangy Tangerine Complete Multivitamin Mineral Complex Dietary Supplement. That's InfoWarsTeam.com. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. Beth Abram Pilch of Laptop Magazine at LaptopMag.com. We... It's a dog's life here in this neighborhood because in the neighborhood the dogs are busy arguing with each other over iOS versus Android. Let's go to the 10 best apps for bathroom breaks very quickly. Sling Player, $15, iOS, Android. Well, this is yet another way that you can take live TV and get it onto your mobile device. If you have a Sling Box and you use the Sling Player, you can get 
your favorite shows sent directly to your TV as if you were sitting in front of it. So this sort of cuts out the middleman of the cable provider or the network, you know, or HBO needing their app. It just a lot, it basically takes what you would have seen on your television, puts it on the internet, and sends it to wherever you are, and you're operating it like a remote control. So it's live TV. It's not, uh, you know, an on-demand situation unless you're going to actually use it to access uh, your on, the on-demand features from your cable provider. But, you know, it's just another good way to, to get that content sent to you. Now, speaking of content, we have MLB at bat 13, free for iOS Android. Yes. Well, the app is free. Obviously, if you want to watch streaming games, it's not, it's not free. But MLB at bat, great app for baseball fans. Without having, without having to pay for it, you, you can get information like scores and video highlights. But if you want to pay $19.99 for the season... Uh, you can stream games on your. You can stream games or two ninety nine a month. Uh, so definitely worth checking out if you're a baseball fan and you find yourself away from the TV a lot during game time. Uh, you might really enjoy MLB at bat. Okay, those were the ten best apps for bathroom breaks. Now, since we last talked to Abram Pilch, the Samsung Galaxy S four has become available from AT&T and other providers. We have one that's due here any day now, so I can give you my reaction. So now that it's available, it's been seen, what's the verdict? Buy it. In my view, it is the best smartphone on the market right now, period. Uh, We did do a face-off here from um, comparing it to the HTC One, and uh, our editor-in-chief, Mark Spoonauer, found that he likes certain things better about the HTC One. Uh, but overall, the Galaxy S4 just has so many great features that I would recommend this to anybody over any other phone, including the iPhone, the HTC One, uh, any other phone on the market right now. It really, it really provides the best camera, and it provides the most colorful screen, although not the brightest screen. So if you're picking this up and you just look at the brilliance of the Super AMOLED display, it's just so gorgeous. I mean, you'll just be blown away by that. Then then the 13-megapixel camera just takes really, really great pictures, and the camera features really put it over the top. So there's some debate over whether the iPhone or the or the Galaxy S4 takes better pictures. We, we're doing some side-by-side comparisons on our site. And in some cases, the Galaxy S4 is better. In some t- cases, the iPhone is better. What's indisputable is with the Galaxy S4, you get incredible features like eraser mode, which, t- which when you point it at uh, someone, let's say you're taking a family trip and your wife and kids are, are standing in front of the Magic Kingdom and somebody all of a sudden runs in front of the picture or, or walks behind them, eraser mode will erase that photobomb person from your picture like they were never there and replace them with what, what should have been behind them. So it has to see the background. Yes. Well, it, basically it records for like the equivalent of five shots and then it, it removes them based... They have to be a moving object, right? If they're standing still, it's not going to help. But if someone's walking in front of your shot, it will, it will get rid of them very effectively by stitching together 
five shots. It takes basically five stills and, and gets the information that way. Uh, and in our test, it worked pretty much perfectly. Then, of course, there's the animated, the animation feature that's a lot of fun where you can take a picture of someone, turn it into an animated GIF where part of the picture is moving and part of it isn't. That's like a party in a box. There's a drama mode feature where you, you could take a picture where a moving object is in several places at once, sort of like a comic book. Uh, there's the best face feature where if you take a picture of multiple people, it allows you to choose the best face for each one of them if their expressions were changing while you were shooting. Uh, the video quality is excellent. There's a dual camera mode feature where it will, will record from front and back cameras at the same time. Of course, it has a dual window mode on it, so you can actually have two apps open on the screen at once, which is more than you can say for the Windows 8 UI. It's got a lot, just got a ton going for it in terms of software functionality. S Health app is great, helps keep track of your calories and has a pedometer in it to keep track of your steps, thermometer in it to tell you what temperature it is around you and the humidity. Uh, this phone is just an amazing phone. I really, I recommend it very highly. I uh, like the feature where you can just take somebody out of the picture. So say, for example, someone is no longer dating this other person. Goodbye. They Get rid of that person. Moving. A divorce? Goodbye. Get rid of that person. You don't have to take a physical copy of the picture and cut them out or learn your Photoshop skills. That sounds like fun. Well, actually, their feature only works on moving objects. I guess they should have a feature where they can figure out how you can remove the per a person later from a photo because it removes them at the time you shoot it. Ah. Uh, it doesn't go back back in time and remove things that... Uh, Remove things from old photos. So they'll have that in the S5. Yeah, yeah, that's good. They'll call it divorce mode. Okay, that's good. Or breakup mode or whatever. Breakup mode. Okay, now those interesting features where you basically glance at it and tilt to scroll, does that work very well? Eh. Um, <laughs> I wondered works, about that. It works, but it's annoying. Um, so... The, so the tilt the scroll, you have to tilt it pretty extremely, which I found annoying. And then you can also use the kind of move your eye, move your head up and down to scroll. But it works, but you have to lift your eye level above the screen. So the way that you have to bend your head or bend your, or avert your eyes is very jarring and annoying and dizzying. And you have to kind of avert your eyes in a way that you're not looking really looking at the content. So it's not worth it. The gesture controls are also, in my opinion, not worth it. Uh, they have many gesture controls where you can wave your hand in front of the screen to answer a call or wave your hand in front to kind of page back and forth between gallery images. All of those functions work a decent amount of the time, but you have to be very deliberate about your gestures. Your hand has to be pretty much right in front of the screen, so you, you, know, you can't really – you can't do it from across the room. You can't even do it from across the desk. You have to have your your hand has to be like within like an inch of, or so of the screen for it to be recognized. So at that point, why not just touch the screen? All right, some features work, some are gee whiz. Now we're just about out of time. Correct me if I'm wrong, but all these apps on a 16 gigabyte S4, you don't have a lot of space left. Yeah, you it, it, they do end up using up some space. So the internal storage, I think you're getting maybe eight or nine gig. Uh, of internal storage out of that 16 if you buy the 16 gig version. But here's the story. One of the great features of the Galaxy S4 is it has a micro SD card slot. 
the cost of buying a 32 gigabyte micro SD card is $23 or something or Newegg. So it's very easy to expand your storage and have a lot more storage for a very inexpensive price. I would not recommend that people go out and buy the 32 gigabyte Galaxy S4 and pay significantly more for the internal storage when it's so inexpensive to buy a micro SD card. Boy, they're overpriced on that. Okay, Avram Pilch, tell our listeners where they can find more of your stuff. So you can, uh, of course, read all of our news, including these wonderful countdowns, on LaptopMag.com. Read my weekly columns at LaptopMag.com slash GeeksGeek. And follow me on Twitter at GeekInChief. The Geek in Chief himself. You can find us on Twitter. We're known as Tech Night Owl. Tech Night Owl at Twitter. Check our web portal, TechNightOwl.com. And check out our other show, The Powercast, this week featuring Peter Davenport, who has been collecting thousands of incredible, absolutely incredible UFO sightings for many, many years at Paracast.com. That's Paracast.com. On the Tech Night Out Live, Abram Pilch, thank you for joining us this week on the show. Always a pleasure. The Tech Night Out Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bat time, same bat channel.